Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Refreshing. <laughs> Fucking refreshing. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Doctor of Danger Radio Show or the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. <coughs> oh, it's it's Edward. How you doing, everybody? I'll be honest. I'm gonna give a fuck about this podcast because fucking Elden Ring comes out today. What? Well, at the time of recording this, yeah, dude, the new FromSoft game. Oh, okay. That's the dark cool. the the Dark Souls homies. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not Dark Souls Four. But it's kind of Dark Souls for uh, some of the lore. They they wrote some of the story and lore with uh, if you give a fuck about Game of Thrones, uh, George R. R. Martin helped. Uh, he didn't like help make the game, but he helped come up with like the story and world and stuff. And uh, I don't know if this is true or not. I heard there's like 100 bosses or some shit. That's again. I don't know insane. if that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, listeners, today we're back with another packed show. We don't know we'll have much for hot or not. That's why today there'll be a special phone call on air yeah. or during recording for me to get a hot or not. But what do we listen to for today's classic album review? Oh, this was this is this is gonna be fun. We started our journey on the Who, so we threw on their first record called uh uh My Generation. And for the main event, we are reviewing 1990s five or six. I thought it was five. It's mid nineties, mid nineties action flick, barbed wire. Oh, this is mid nineties. Featuring the one and only Pamela Anderson. And listeners, there are always timestamps if you ever just want to go straight to your favorite reviews. Never mind. Ninety six. Yeah, I do not mind. Yeah. So other than the new sick new sick new id software game, what's good with you? What's good with Cha? Oh, it's not too much. Um, I'm just uh, just doing that, working. Uh, oh, I'm I'm going somewhere with my mom this weekend. Um, there's a theater thingy going down in uh, Anaheim area. It's um it's it's a it's a Disney theater thing. It's mostly centered around like the uh, the Disney princess stuff, but it um but it's you know some kind of like musical celebration history thing. It looked like some fun, so we're gonna head out there on Saturday, which is why we're recording this podcast a little early. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I throw it up early. Depends. <laughs> it don't fucking matter though. But uh, the uh, but speaking of Disney, it's kind of funny. Did you hear that Disney planned to announce like, like, uh, like, like, like their own like housing unit? They want to like what? They want to like build like home communities and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And ever since that, um, I'll pull it up right here. But ever since then, uh, it's kind of brought on a new wave of um. Fans making fun of what's cons- what they call Disney adults, which is basically uh, people that go really, really ham for Disney. And uh, yeah, it's just people being like, uh, oh, my gosh, you know. All right. That sounds cool. Cool. Fucking. You know what I hate? Huh? Fucking hail. 
<laughs> Wait, you had to deal with hail today? Yeah, no, not today. Earlier in oh. the week. But that's still a trip. So wait, they're going to just have a housing comp? A Disney's going to have apartments or some shit? Here we go. Disney set to build um, to build resort-like residential community in California. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's all. That's, that's pretty so much all we basically have. they're just going to set up a fucking, uh, what do I put? A luxury apartment, it sounds like. Yeah. So, all right, that's cool. Yeah, no, so fucking... Let me let me tell you about hail. Okay, that shit sucks. Yeah, especially when you're on a steep roof, and that shit starts happening on you. Oh god. On uh, we'll say, I think it was Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. I had a simple job where I had to go to this one house. There's new owners, so they're moving in, mm-hmm. and I had to go through the house and see if I can find this thing called a POE or. Some of you IT nerds, uh, power over Ethernet, i.e. basically a device that uses the power, the dish that I use, that I use for uh, my job, which is setting up uh, internet in rural areas. Which that took a fucking minute because there was kind of a big house and a weird setup. I first went to the attic to see where I could see the lo- see the ether the friggin' cable run from the dish was going into the house. But I couldn't get back there because I wasn't skinny enough. And I'm like, well, fuck. Then I'm searching around. Where the fuck is this goddamn POE? And then literally it was like, I don't know. I have not checked up over here. I just see some master-ish bedroom, which is not the master bedroom. I think a master bedroom's got some fucking double door spread going into it. And it's huge ass room upstairs. But it was some bedroom that had a bathroom. And I'm walking there, it's like, what's this side door? I open in, it's this Harry Potter looking ass room, but I see, hey, there's the fucking POEs. Why the fuck are they up there? Don't matter to me though. I'm just paid, I was told to come here and find it. But I plugged in, just check the internet, and it's a little slow. And the main owner told me, hey, go swap out the dish. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, there's a, the dish that was on there was a 2G dish, which is a slower frequency, but it's better shooting through f- some objects. It's able to like talk through stuff. I had a, I went up to throw up a 5G dish so the customers can get better service. But that 5G dish was just not working for me because I could not get a good signal from wherever the tower I'm trying to pull from. Just try to get a good signal. Or just noise so I could get to this dish I was using. And at first, it's like, I think this dish is good. And I'm up there and up there. And I'm just like tweaking it little by little. Just the <laughs> slightest movements because it's a little sensitive. And there was a moment where I was able to pull like 20-ish megs. But I'm like, this ain't good. And eventually, I'm like talking to like, I went to go talk to an engineer. But sometimes like engineer is either very helpful or not. Because I've been up there and I've already and I get hailed on like three separate times. Oh, it's a steep roof too, so I'm like, I was like, this is like a fucking kind of scary because I don't want to fucking slide down and fall off. That'd be horrid. But I'm here. So just, just for context, how long were you out there in that hail in total? I was on that roof for a good hour and a half to maybe two hours. Jesus, I put too much time into it. There was a moment I should have fucked off because I'm talking to my engineer and I'm just like, there's a point I realized, okay, I'm getting hailed on like three times. I almost thought I fried my laptop at one moment because it's just raining on raining. I'm just like, well, fuck, bro, because I don't want to like leave 
people hang without internet. Yeah. It's like they were able to get some internet with the old dish. But yeah, dude, there was like a couple times like little rain, little pelts of hail. And then I was getting nailed by fucking pebbles of hail at one moment. I'm just like, fuck the hail. I'm on the <laughs> steep ass roof. I literally told my there, hey, I'm just going to bounce off. I'm going to throw on the old dish and come back another time. And I got them some internet. They were like, when I came back today, because I went and replaced the dish and just threw up a giant two-foot dish and it was able to do the job perfectly fine. Now they can pay for like our fastest service. What they wanted to, which is like, tw- if you're curious, it's 25 megs of download, five megs of upload, which that's all that much. I got spectrum speeds. Well, fucking, that's great you got spectrum speeds, but you'll be shockingly finding out that 25, fuck, our basic plan 10 over 2 works perfectly fine. Now you have to be very conservative about how much you use your bandwidth. And if you're a freaking hardcore gamer trying to download a video game, that might take a minute. But it's faster than DSL. But fucking getting hailed on kind of sucked. Yeah. I was like, dude, what the fuck? And But either way, new people, I got them online. They were able to get some internet, so I was able to walk away. And today, I'm able to get the internet that they wanted and that they can pay for. Good job. I had to throw up a giant two-foot dish, but you know what? It needs to be done. And then once I was done, I'm also hearing that, oh, hey, our little small little company is going to do something that I guess back, back East is doing is that we're going to start integrating this technology that's been used on cell phones. For us, we need something that like line of sight looking mm-hmm. to pick up something. But cell phone technology, I guess, uses reflection is mm-hmm. the basically the best way to put it. So if we can get that shit going, we can get people fucking spectrum speeds in the middle of rural areas. I'm like, fuck, dude. That's gnarly. Some people could get gigabytes of freaking internet. A gigab or a gig of internet. I don't know if people are getting gigabytes, but Yeah, no, that'd be crazy. Let me tell you something. Hundred megs is still really fucking good. Yeah. You get people going, Oh my god, dude, I got five hundred megs. Dude, I got like two hundred thirty megs. Yeah, I'm like yeah, mo- Spectrum boy. Yeah, most of the yeah, most of those guys combination built their own PC slash a good portion of them shell out the cash for the premium of the premium. Well, that's the thing. Internet providers like fucking you have to shell out the cash for it. Because there's times I'll be able to pull 100 megs and I can tell customers, hey, you could get any of our plans. Hell, you could get our residential plans if they want to spend like fucking 200 to $300 a month on their internet. But the places I've been seem like money is not an issue for them. Bro, I've been to a fucking coke-ass looking pad <laughs> where fucking I go up to the front gate and there's bronze lions and then there's just a little fucking like estuary set up. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then one place I went to where freaking like there was like a dude that was like a nerd for the technology that we use to someone maybe you know like might know, but we some we use this some like this one like um I don't know hardware company called Microtech, and this guy was like some Microtech mad lad that like used it in the fucking Middle East or some shit. I like Microtech. It's a, like the interface looks old. And it can be a little difficult to navigate at first, but those fucking, but how do I put it? The fucking dishes that I use for Microtik pick up random ass shit. It's so easy to just pick up towers or whatever. Hell, dude, when I was up there, I'm picking up the freaking customer's hotspot. <laughs> so if there was a way for me to like connect to their hotspot, it's like, well, shit, dude, this thing will pick up anything easy. But yeah. Where the fuck was going? To- yeah, no, I this motherfucker, that Middle East microtick lad. I go to his pad. Have you ever like seen the movie 
a cartel a cartel's leader's house. I shit you not. I go to this giant ma- this mansion ass spot. And I'm like, this looks like a fucking cartel pad. Dude. Now this was a white motherfucker that was building this spot, but like if I showed you, you go like, dude, this looks like a that cartel p- pad. Okay, the place before sounds like a point in like some like generic third person shooter game, like like the old Punisher Bad Boys game on the PS2, where you invade the random crack house, and the first one sounds like a final boss again for a generic third person. These sound like GTA levels. These could be GTA levels, the pla- <laughs> like, places like, I go, like, that I go to. Like the mansions, uh, if we're going GTA 5, like the mansions, uh, uh, a Michael level, and then uh, the the other house is like a Trevor level. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Would you say bronze lions? Yeah, these Like bron- lion statues just made of bronze? Some metal-like material that's brown. Yeah, no, sometimes I see that shit. None today, though, except like the house I had to throw the two foot dish on was like this two story kind of like fucking plantation ass looking house. Not going to lie. Wait, so like uh, are we talking like Texas chain house plantation or no, like fucking the Django and chain looking house, but kind of smaller. Okay. which, hey, listeners, fucking last review was Black Rage. (laughs) That movie is fucking atrocious. But the next day, I went and go watch Django Unchained, and I'm like, well, fuck, dude. If you want a fucking Slave Revenge movie, just go watch that. <laughs> Don't watch Black Rage. It's bullshit. It's false advertisement. Black Rage, uh, fuck that movie. Black not, R- not Django Unchained. That movie is pretty awesome. Black Rage wasn't even like a uh, wasn't even like a Slave Revenge film. It was like a slave adventure film. It was, or it was a, trying to be. It was so fucking adventure film, but the fucking Black Rage. It was like, you think it's like, oh, this is a revenge film. But nah. it's not. Fucking nah. Alright. You got anything? Get, no, I was just gonna say, uh, should we get uh, should we try to get Jakey Poo on the line? Alright, we're gonna bring in our first caller or me calling someone yeah. today. Alright. Place your bets. Will he pick up? Okay. Uh what do you think, Edward? Good host, Edward. Ten ten bucks says no. Okay, we're not actually gonna bet money. Oh, okay. But metaphor. Ten loot boxes. In the name says of no. spirit. Ten spirit box says no. All right. Hold it. Let me record this shit. Yeah. There we go. Listen to the ring. Your call has been forwarded to oh, a oh, yeah, dude. system. No, motherfucker, just press hang that just hanged up on me. What the shit? Oh yeah, it rang for a good minute too. That means he saw it and yeah, then... he saw. Yeah, no, he like it didn't like rang and then went to a voice. Like after a while, went to it's like what three rings and it yeah. sounds like he saw. I was like, oh no, sorry, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Maybe he's doing something special. So listeners, I can't promise if there will be a hot or not today, depending on good friend Boat Steel. <laughs> Unless you want to like ask someone else for a hot or not. That's a very good question. I can only think of one person, but I I know for a fact that she wouldn't recommend a new song. Wait, what person you're thinking of? <laughs> My mom. Oh. Our number one fan. Shit. If only we could do your number one fan, but no. <laughs> because the goal is like new-ish yeah. song. New-ish. But No. So we're kind of boned on that one. Let me Great. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. Dropping the ball, guy. Oh, wait. I have an idea. Um, 
What? It's from like a year and a half ago, but uh, Mashuga dropped a new album that's cool. I could play my favorite song off it. No, this needs to be something <laughs> that you and me haven't heard. Oh, wait. Fuck. That's like right. of that week. <sighs> Fuck. Let me, let me. I know, random stipulation, but I'm like, I feel like that helps in the spirit. See, so recently played, jump back in, made for me, throwback, unique, discover something new. Wait, no, that's just playlist. God damn it. No, no, no. If good friend Bone still calls and gives me a fucking hot or not, well, don't worry, we'll do it. Okay. We got an hour. The show goes long. That's I'm actually thinking we won't get one. Have faith. <laughs> damn it. Wait, Destruction has a new song. No, I want Jake a fucking opinion. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. New Hammerfall song. Okay, what European metal band has new songs? Are you just going to go down the list? Uh, You're going to make me sadly cringe over here? No. I think Coldplay has a new... No, Coldplay doesn't have a new song. God damn it. All right. Yo, Dark Princess. Fuck, that's also European. What the fuck's... Wait, what the fuck's Dark Princess? Eh, they're just kind of like a... uh, An Evanescence kind of band, you know, a metal band with a pretty vocalist singer, you know, that that kind of thing. Okay. Let me see here. Oh, Birthday Massacre has a new... Wait, that's a new album. Never mind. Who the fuck's Birthday Massacre? Okay, they're really cool. Yeah, they get... you, you can tell my music taste. <laughs> so Birthday Massacre is really cool. They're kind of like... They kind of get considered like a rock band, maybe even a light metal, but they're really not. They're really like a... like a, They're like a dark... They're like a new... Like a dark wave, new wave band. There's a lot of synths, and they're very like gothy. Not like... Gothy? Not like Peter Steele gothy. I mean like... I I mean, like, kind of, you know, quirky, lots of blacks and purples, kind of. Their singer's nickname is Chibi, so, like, that that gives you an idea. But they're really cool. Oh, yo, a new song by the Scorpions. <laughs> when okay, do not, they follow the Scorpions? Oh, low-key, not going to lie, Scorpions rule. It's called but... Shining of Your Soul. No, I only want that segment is only from Jake, good friend Jake, to challenge us, good friend Bone Steel. Who's also first name Jake <laughs> is to challenge us. Wait, what the fuck? What? Health dropped a song with Lamb of God. Okay, that's cool. Okay, so Health is on a real collaboration kick because they did a song with Nine Inch Nails last year. And they I did heard- a song with like they did a cover of like a perpetrator song that I listened like yesterday. Yeah. Which was like this no, it was like this little like kind of sing you know how a single is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then there's like remixes of that one song. Yeah, yeah. Well the artist had like a bunch of other groups covering that song. And one of oh. them was Pig Destroyer. And I was like, wait, what? Pig Destroyer, huh? Yeah. That's kind of neat. Actually, there's a kind of a sick show going on in May. What's Pig Destroyer? No, it's uh, it's the Waste. Municipal Waste, Pig Destroyer, Dwarves, and Spy in Santa Cruz. I'm like, shit, dude. This show doesn't look trash. Not going to lie. About to go there. Oh, fuck. I totally forgot. So what happened with you going to see the circle? I didn't want circle? to talk about it, asshole. Okay, fine. Well, dude, I apologize. So I was I totally spaced okay. on the vac on like on like you know the vaccine or showing a negative test result going in the shows. Okay, because so- most of the time, not for me. I'm vaccinated, so I kind of don't give a fuck. Okay, so people- And I know I was telling you and me ago, I was like bothering you. He's like, bro, dude, you gonna come up, roll up, CNA, dog? Okay, so for Wanna like- see Keith Morris be fucking weird, old and aggro, bro? <laughs> come on, bro. You gonna roll up to that okay, shit? Okay, so for like a last month and a half, maybe more, a coworker of mine um, named, um, they go by Reven. They were telling me- I thought their fucking name was Raven. It's Reven. 
Dude, well, where no, you also told me you mask. thought their name was Blade. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday I was like fucking tired from the show from the night prior. And I'm like, why the fuck do I think their name's Blade right now? Oh, dude, I, I know it's like Raven or some shit, but it's not Blade. Dude, no, I I, I told them that 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 you're like that like oh yeah, he, uh, they were like oh yeah the the guy that was with Oscar. I'm like yeah, they were like yeah, he seemed pretty cool. I'm like yeah, you know he's all right. I've known him for too damn long. But anyway, he texted me. He's like hey, I ran into your coworker Raven, but for some reason I thought their name was Blade, and they thought that was the funniest shit. They they actually said not gonna lie, uh, Blade actually sounds pretty cool. But it sounds too violent for me. And I'm like, oh, that's true. Because Reven, Reven is very small. Reven is like five two. Yeah. And they're a, they're a little they're a little anarcho punk type of person, but they're very tiny. Yeah. Nice. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Because fucking good, like good, my good good friend Oscar is like chummy with peeps. Like, dude, I was kicking with him, and he was talking to freaking death metal bad boy Matt Harvey. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, it was just rolled up. He said, like, he compliment he complimented on my sob sweater, nice. and then was telling a story where he's like, "Yeah, Exum was gonna go play Japan, and they asked what band I wanted to play with. Like, I don't know, sob." And it's like, "Yeah, we got you, sob." Sick. And then they were like, then he tried to bring merch with Japanese writing, and the dude was like, "That's not gonna sell." Because in Japan, everyone already has Japanese writing shit. Right, exactly. For merch, so they're like uh, they're like us. They want stuff in other languages. Yeah, I'm not. I would if if anyone gave me an an opportunity to play with any Japanese band. There's only three options. It's Sob, Outrage, or Maximum the Hormone. But anyway, so the show's going on, and like for anyone that's out there that's punk that cares about punk or knows punk that punk. Let me let me let me tell you. Do you remember the adolescents? Yeah, they're pretty awesome, right? Okay, they were on the bill. Oh, you know Negative Approach? They had like two albums and no, dipped. That's like not as much people know as Negative Approach, but yeah, they're, they're people know of Negative But the Approach. ones that know, know, they're really awesome. You should check them out. They're great. Awesome. And then the finisher is Keith Morris for Circle Jerks. He's so, only, well, it's Circle Jerks. It's yeah, Circle Jerks. No, I know, but it feels more... Just the type of person he is, it feels appropriate to refer to it as Keith Morris and Circle jerks but anyway yeah you know he, he's a he's a he's a he's a super aggro kind of sort of cringy old guy with dreads and he's kind of been that way for 30 years but like man that sounds sick as shit and then james reminded me because i thought it was actually today and it turns out no it was yesterday i'm like oh shit so i leave so i'm already home i eat my dinner i'm going out i'm like yeah dude this is gonna be awesome i'm gonna see all these cool dad punk guys that james pretends to hate but he actually kind of likes and then i get there and then the guy's like uh do you have your vaccination card or proof of negative covid test when you try your best but you don't succeed oh and i just get a message from you it's like james why didn't you tell me what the fuck? Well, when you didn't you say get what the what fuck. what you want, but not what you need. And I'm like, oh, dude, I totally forgot. But, dude, Negative Approach was a pretty lit set. Yeah, you said Negative Approach was awesome before you apologized. If that had been you, you would have wanted me to reimburse your gas. Nah. I was I was so I was so mad that when I stopped when I calmed down I was just sad because like I've been kind of in a funk ever since all the family drama I was slowly coming out of it and I'm like fuck yeah let's go to this punk show and then this happened and I'm like oh I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go home and, 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 eat, and eat my pork chop well I it was a pork steak which are different than pork chops you'd be surprised how few people like the meats I eat all the time and how few people actually I've met a lot of people they're like what's a country style rib 
What's a pork steak? Is that like a pork chop? What's the difference between a T-bone and a ribeye? Oh, someone asked me that once. Oh, dude, I cut a promo. Well, one has a bone that's shaped like a T. And then the other is like the only steak that I kind of want to bother getting. <laughs> it's the best, dude. I've heard people I've heard people try to tell me, bro, sirloin. Fuck sirloin. Bro. My dad likes T-bones, which okay, T-bones are all right. Oh, but are good. fuck T-bones. I even had I even had someone try to tell me, "Oh, dude, actually the best steak is boneless." And I'm like, "Okay, communist." Wasn't ribeye a boneless steak? Ribeye can be a boneless steak. The ones we get, they give, they when go I get way. them, yeah, when I get them, like at the store to eat, they're bone in. You most restaurants serve them boneless though, yeah. which I mean, that's the only time I'm eating ribeyes. Yeah, but I mean, a good. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop eating jockos just because there's no bone. Yeah, come on, <laughs> Should we just give up on hot or not? Hot or not will happen. <laughs> At some point in the show, okay. if good friend Bo still comes back to us. But let me tell you about that that punk show. Okay. Negative Approach. No, actually it's hilarious. Because we had this one, like one of our homies there, DMD, or we call him DMD, Death Metal Daniel. Oh, that dude. I know him. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's like being a Punisher wanting to show up to the show right as the doors open. I'm like, ah, fuck that. <laughs> and I'm like, friggin'. I had to wait a minute for freaking like my homies to like freaking get ready for the goddamn show. And literally when we rolled up and parked, we like hanged out for like 20 minutes watching those like Sonic meme videos. Like, you know, the one with <laughs> the ones the, I showed you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going through. Yeah. I was just it's going. It's so sad that Steve Jobs died of Ligma. Who the hell is Steve Jobs? Ligma balls. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's my favorite. That one, and then the one where it's from Sonic Heroes, and then he's and then, and then he's just like, and then Tails just like, this is Eggman's crypto mine. <laughs> it has enough power to power, have enough energy to power all of Station Square, or Mint One NFT. And then Sonic's like, okay, let's smash the blockchain. Then Knuckles is like, smash the blockchain. But what'll happen to my NFT? Did you see that video I sent to the bro chat oh. where it was Ed and Eddie predicted NFTs? Oh, I might have skipped that on that one. <laughs> you got to watch that later. Yeah, I was like just watching that shit because obviously there's the one I'm always quoting. The one that says, yeah, I have OCD, oversized cock, cock disorder. <laughs> yeah, because like fucking my guitar player Seb's always like freaking cracking jokes. Like, yeah, I got a big dick and we're just sitting there. It's like, yeah, homeboy here got OCD and shit. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's too. But fucking, yeah, no, literally, right as I like, got in through the door, Nigger Approach started playing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, yeah, we would show up rocker time. But yeah, no, Nigger Approach played, and they played an awesome set. Like, literally, when they-, they were done, dude, they played like up to like 35 to 40 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. No, I was so sad. Because when they were done, I'm like, <clears throat> not low key, like, low key, I'm pretty sad right now. I did not want that <laughs> set to end. I wanted yeah. to go on just a little bit longer. They play all the classics. They played like oh, Tied yeah. Down, um, freaking. Um, dude, it's like my personal favorite set because it's like, I like Nate Approach, the band, the most out of all the other bands. Yeah. I could tell you watching the Adolescence. They're a good band. Yeah, man. But I was also being that guy that's like in the back just cracking jokes with my like friends like, hey, yo, play a fast song. <laughs> and like when they play a fast song, I'm like, hey, look, they're playing a fast song. <laughs> and then Seb was like, going to be hard. I was like, yeah, I don't think we're going to throw, throw down an adolescence. like, bitch, once they start playing Amoeba, you're going to be in that <laughs> shit. 
And lol, he fucking was in that shit. Okay, to be fair, though, that's a good song. Yo, Amiibo's pretty fire, like, hella catchy song. <laughs> but Adolescence of Mike, you know what? Not half bad. Now, there was this one, I did see, like, a day later, I have this fucking cringy dad punk fucking promoter who, like, punishes, like, fucking tries to direct message me to going his shows. Who's that again? Some fucker named Chris Sandoval, which we just call Oh, him, I know that guy. I know yeah, that guy. Yeah, we just, like, call him Chris Sandyballs. <sighs> Like, dude, there was fucking one night he was just blowing up my shit out for no reason. <laughs> trying to have me go see Ill Repi 2. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to see sloppy dad punk, bro. I'm good. But I was saying in a polite, passive aggressive manner. But I was jamming D beat at the time and literally wrote a song that was pretty banger. And it's like, fuck it. We're going to call this fuck dad punk. <laughs> mostly towards mostly towards that guy because yeah. he annoys the shit out of me. He's like, "Hey, come out, come to my twenty one and up show. That's fifteen dollars." I'm like, "No." I like Dad Punk. I know you've got issues with it, but that's one of those things where I'm able to separate the music from the fan base. Or just the fucking promoter just pisses me off. Well, yeah, that too. Now, Circle Jerks, awesome set, except a little long. They played thirty three songs. Oh fuck! And like. They played like a three song encore. So I don't know if they played 30 songs and then th then like three songs. Honestly, if you ask me, yo, if they played 20 songs, it'd be a great set. Like great set. I was sitting there like, yeah, you know what, dude? Circle Jerks, pretty fire. Does that mean they played for like an hour and a half? Fuck, dude. I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Because tw like, 33 songs, even for a punk band, that almost sounds like two hours. It just sounds like a fucking bit. It. Yeah. And like, yeah, no, Circle Jerks got slow songs, but I'm sitting there it's like, shit, dude, Circle Jerks is pretty good. Wish Metallica would play no. 33 songs Yeah, have seen them. Fuck. <laughs> even then, they're a fucking long ass set. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. I've seen Off, Keith Morris's other band. Yeah. And I thought they were... I didn't care for it. Not I remember you saying that. But the Circle Jerks, I'm like, you know what, dude? They got some classic bangers. Yeah, oh, dude, dude, they fucking played the freaking one song from like uh, Decline 3, Beverly Hills. I'm like, yo. <laughs> no, it's hilarious, too, because fucking my like my friend Seb was like, his like ex was trying to talk to him and like as they were starting to play. And, I'm just, <laughs> and I just walked by. I'm like, oof. After grabbing, like taking a leak or drinking some water from the water fountain. And I'm watching their shit and they're playing. And they're like they played Beverly Hills. I'm like, yo, it's that fucking decline song. So <laughs> sick. Yeah. And then the set goes on. I'm like, yeah, dude, not gonna lie. The Circle of Jerk set was pretty fun. I'm glad you ended up because I knew they'd be good. I'm glad you yeah, liked no, it. I even like next day I threw on like group. I threw on their fucking first full length group, like freaking group sex i'm like Ooh, yeah because i listened one. to wild wild in the streets beforehand i'm like this is good no like this ain't half bad wild in the streets is a banging ass song nah, bro you know how but it then like it was like some songs will hit and miss but group sex i'm like not gonna lie that's pretty killer through like nah, that's bro. a that's an album you can listen like you can just put on and it's like ghetto yeah, no nah, bro you know how it is with punk bands their first record is usually the best one like freaking circle jerks that one what's most people's favorite black flag album damage what's most people's favorite green day album dookie uh, but i don't think dookie was was dookie their first full length i thought it was i don't know i don't think pretty sure it was fact check I'd that have, one. I'm, a, I'm in a gts fact <laughs> Check that. We one. used to say that back in high school. Google that shit. Google that shit. But also, yeah. I, really quick, I forgot to mention on top of new singles, looks like Violence has a new single. Oh, I listened to it. Was it good? It's not a half bad song. It doesn't have a glorious fucking Bay Area cheesy mosh riff. Oh, okay. They don't have that like glorious mosh riff in that song. As a song, it's good, bro. The fucking video is so fucking trash, though. <laughs> like, is it is it fun trash? 
How about you watch a little bit? Just click on it. Wait, you mean play. like right now? Just tell me what you see. Okay. Describe also, me the video. Also, really quick, I looked at the thing. Come on. Okay, technically, Dookie is album number three. But come on, no one remembers 39 Smooth and Kerplunk. I vaguely remember Kerplunk. I don't, I've never even listened to 39 Smooth. It, look, if you ask most people, hey, what are Green Day's albums? They're going to tell you, uh, Dookie, American Idiot, that one they released in high school, when we were all in high school. <laughs> 21st century breakdown. What, what'd you well, say? You're a fucking normie now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, so, um, oh yeah, really, really quick. So uh, I was going to ask as I, as I pull up the, uh, the video here, uh, bro, we could listen to the new Meshuggah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Devin Town says favorite band. I don't know if it's his favorite band, but he did say that he thought they were the heaviest band of all time. But Devin, but Devin Townsend likes prog technical fuckery. I mean, he can make simple music. He choose, you know, but he he really likes that stuff. And uh, man, you know, I'm kind of putting off listening to this, watching this violence video. But man, remember when we were in high school and Gent was the hottest shit for like four years? Wait, what? So remember when we were in high school talking about Mashuga. Remember when we were in high school and like Mashuga and Gent were like the hottest thing. No, no, for no. Like no. Four we had like this one dude that we thought was cool, and he would jock Mashuga, and I guess I would try to listen to Mashuga. And bleeds an okay or, song. Are you talking about ex friend redacted two? Yeah, I guess whatever. The, the one in Arkansas. Yeah, the okay. fucking Arkansas lad. Yeah. Who's like listens to Tech Nine all day or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tech Nine's really cool. And he's like, yeah, I try to show off with Sugar. It's like this fucking cool band. I was like, oh man, dude, he listens to this dude listens to edgy death metal. And then once you get old and realize, nah, dude, he was listening to hype MySpace shit. <laughs> what a fucking plebe. His favorite bands were Meshuggah, Macedon, and Lamb of God. And, and only he, one, and only he one tried of, to like jock Suicide Silence. I early. remember, yeah. And I'm like, and like a young me is like impressionable young me. It's like, man, dude, this band's so gnarly and intense. Wait, I thought you never liked suicide or tried to like Suicide Silence, did you? No. I was gonna say because there was like I, I there was a moment where I tried, but I'm like, no, no. Okay, I no. got the video here. Let's see how bad this is. Shit. Well, that's a fucking ad. The thumbnail is amazing. It's the singer who's an angry bald man pointing at the screen going, you, and it looks like there's flames around him. Okay, here we go. Was this an ad you couldn't skip? Yeah. Fuck you, you unskippable ads. I thought you were saying that to me. Well, what do you see? Bad CGI. It looks like hell. Their logo. Uh. Okay, it's not too... Oh. Okay. Look no, the not- phone up. You're like covering the capsule. Okay, it's not too. Okay, yeah. Nope, they're in hell. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, so listen. <laughs> the song starts. There's bad CGI. It looks like they're in hell because there's like red scorched earth ground. Lightning strikes. <laughs> their logo shows up, and then we and then they're playing their instruments. I'm like, okay. Okay, lightning strikes again. There's fire, and then you see the text, which looks this shit looks like it was edited in like video pad. It says, <laughs> "It's just fucking let the world burn." Flashes on the screen with like a metallic font. Thirty seconds in, 
Here's the thing. I think that was song, amazing. I think the song, it's okay, but the video is fucking atrocious. Is it so bad it's good, though? <laughs> I don't know. I watched them like, you know what, the song ain't half bad, but fucking this video, though? Who the fuck let this pass? That's fair. All right. Are we ready? Yeah, let's, let's do talk it. about our classic album review. As we <coughs> actually are starting a seasonal journey again. Yes. For the time being. For the time being. Why not? Because I felt like listening to The Who. It's They're a good been band a to listen to. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. We're going to listen to all the Who's fucking studio discography. Yes. So we started off with my generation. Yes. My man. Lead the shit. How was the first song? Okay. So the first song is a tune called Out in the Street. This song was kind of like a, sounded like a 60s, like, jivey kind of tune. I thought this song, it sounded kind of like, there's like bluesy and funky stuff in it. I almost thought it was a cover, because there's a few covers on here. But nope, <coughs> the song is all Pete Townsend. The, uh, the, the track, the track listings make sure to note that, that the, uh, that everything except noted was written entirely by Pete Townsend. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But, uh, yeah. I gave that bad boy a six out of ten. It's an okay opener. Let me tell you something. It's not bad. Yeah. It had that busy 60s drum beat. Yeah. Like, if you've heard this drum beat, you've heard it in a fuckload of songs. Oh, yeah. But I thought the song was good. Out of fairness, I'll give it a six out of ten. Yeah, It wasn't yeah. offensive. It felt good. But it didn't light my world on fire. It's not bad. Yeah, exactly. It could be a five, though. But you know what? I feel yeah. like it earns a six. Yeah, yeah. It do- I feel like it's good enough where it earns a six. <clears throat> Barely. <laughs> Barely. Uh, I felt that way about a later song. Okay, so track two is called I Don't Mind by James Brown. So this song sounded like a throwback to the 50s, which makes sense because the song was recorded in 1960, so the transitional period of music hadn't really hit yet. Um, it's kind of eh kind of awkwardly fades out at the end. It's not really exciting. Maybe, I don't know if the song vibes with you, but I wasn't like loving it. I gave this one a five. See, for me, I wrote down uh, for song two, a little slow, and it's okay. Five out of ten. Okay. Track three is called The Good's Gone. Now, see, I like this one. It's a simple, catchy one and a casual four minutes. I really like the tempo change-ups from Keith. You know, the basic fact everyone knows. Keith Moon of the Who is considered one of the great all-time drummers. So uh, it's uh, so it, hearing him work on this album was, was pretty nice. I wrote here, this song sounds like a song Oasis would take influence from slash rip off. Seven out of ten. For me, I thought the song was tight, but for some reason, I didn't have... It- didn't have it in my heart to give it a seven. So mm. six out of ten. It's almost a seven. For Fair me. enough. But I'm like, I just can't. God give a six. If I was to go with decibels, sure, it's a six point eight, <laughs> six point nine. Sure. But yeah. I don't feel like it was a seven. No, but yeah. I felt like it was good. It's a, oh, obviously it was better than the last song. Ooh, that was like, way better. Last song was a little It was at, it was at least a point higher. <laughs> Track four is called La 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 Lies. Like literally la 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 lies. So the music to this song's a little interesting, but the song didn't like super hook me. It, I was just kind of like, all right, all right, yeah, this is a song. That is a song. That's a chorus. This is a song that is there on this album. I gave it a six out of ten, but I'll be honest, it's kind of a low six. 
A low six. A low six. Well, here's the thing. For song four, I thought the song was a little sappy-ish. Not going to lie. <laughs> kind of a sappy fuck song. Yeah. So I gave it five out of ten. Maybe I was able to push through that threshold and go like, nah, you're not a six. You're a five. Fair enough. Suck it. Okay, so track six. So like this album is okay at this point, right? It's no bad songs. Nothing really popped out. And then track six comes on. It's like, people try to put us down. Yeah, it's my generation. This song fucking owns. It's a radio punisher, but banger classic. It's awesome. Especially considering that that like five eh, to okay songs. Wait, this is song five, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this song six. Did we talk about song five? Yeah, song five was, oh, fuck me. Did you skip song five? My phone jumped on me. I got confused. <laughs> song five, I'm sorry, is called too much, too much. It's called much, too much. <sighs> fuck, I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> well, I was sitting there. It's like, oh, this song is awesome. I'm like, okay. For song five, I'm like, this is like the Beach Boys, but the drums are ripping it. Like shreddy drum Beach yeah. Boys. Much too much. And I'm like, I gave it six out of ten. And then you're yeah. like, oh, this song's so I'm awesome. Sorry. I'm like, wait. No, no, no. Much too much is a good song, though. The lyrics are kind of uninspired, though. It's about sex. And but rock. the drums ripped, yeah. but kind of sound like fucking Beach Boys. Yeah, no, totally. This uh, not like that. low key sound like Beach Boys. Just yeah, sound like yeah. Beach Boys, but with Keith Moon ripping it on drums for sure. Now, now track six. six. Take everything I just said and remember it. This is here. Yeah, the song's awesome. It's short and sweet. It's almost punk in a lot of ways, but it's great. It's one of the great rock songs. You know, it's uh, it's been covered a million times. I think who was it? I think Miley Cyrus or Hillary Duff covered it when she was they were still at the Disney Channel. Wait, no, that was the same person. I think. Whatever. The point is, is uh, <clears throat> the well, point. It the, sounds like I've heard this song before. Yeah, no, it's been covered a lot, and it, it's like it, it's it's like that song everyone thinks of when they think of like youthful rebellion. You know rock and roll you know it's a it's a great song i gave it a, i gave it an eight i gave it an eight for me i wrote down it's a classic punisher yeah i feel like i don't know if i've heard the hoop but i feel like i've heard the song before but the song rips yes dude eight out of ten hell yeah easy eight out of ten so track seven is called The Kids Are All Right. Another short catchy one. I'll be honest, I've heard this song title more than I've heard this song. Like I've seen and heard these exact words somewhere before, but I couldn't tell you the last time I heard the song, but I liked it a lot. Maybe I was still in a good mood from hearing my generation, especially after those whatever songs. But yeah, a lot, there was this, there's this uh, one point, uh, one me- uh, point I want to mention is during the, the break, I think it's the bridge, there's a part where everything's just kind of hanging and then uh, Keith Moon's doing some cool shit on drums. It's really nice. You can really dance to the kids are all right. And I gave that one a seven. For the kids are all, all right. right. Dude, yeah. that song, I thought the song was sick. Yeah, it's really good. Seven out of ten. Hell yeah, dude. Easy seven it's not, out of ten. It's not my generation, but you know what? It's it's pretty. Sec- it's like, dude, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're rolling pretty good here. Uh, yeah. But you're not going to lie. And then track eight happens. Oh, fucking track eight. It's called Please, Please, Please by James Brown. Okay, I know I usually go first, but I want to, I got to know. What did you, what did you think? This was a James Brown song? This was a James Brown song. I feel so sad for James Brown. (laughs) I wrote down, for me, I just wrote down, I don't like these corny ass songs. (laughs) Four out of ten. Ooh, ooh, that's rough. I guess the Who didn't do justice on James Brown. I'll say, I, you know what I wrote here? I wrote here, 
it's better than when Zeppelin did this kind of music, <laughs> I thought. Or at the very least, I think Roger's voice is is a better suited for it than Robert. It's not bad. See, I gave it a six because I thought it was still all right. It's another low six, and it feels it. It's such a hard stop, right? Because you go from my generation to the kids are all right. I'm like, hell yeah, this is the Who. Business is picking up, Cole. And then this song happens, and I'm like, ooh, this is this was this was an oof. This was an oof. Dude, it's like, it's like my when- fucking phone's going to keep being the fuck away. <laughs> my death metal bandmates are just on it talking about this fucking, like, uh, sadly, the Russian-Ukraine invasion. Yeah, yeah. At the time of this recording, yeah, no, it's just going on about that. No, it's horrible. Uh, Putin is... Um, but yeah, no, my person yeah. that's usually pretty uh, freaking uh, pretty invested and aware on political situations, because, like... We've been keeping a keen eye. I guess fucking he's saying, yeah, no, it's kind of shitty that the U.S. has been giving guns to far-right fascist groups to help defend the Ukraine for a while now. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that makes sense. That's fucking shitty. So it's like, yeah, you got the U.S. government giving Nazi, Ukrainian Nazis to, like, I guess fight Russia. It's kind of, what, yeah, no, it's a very fucking shitty situation that feels so sorry for Ukraine. Well, at least those citizens. It just feels so bad. And then, like, today... My fucking coworkers tell me, yeah, it seems like most of the mortality mortality uh, mortality yeah yeah rate has been mostly citizens and not soldiers. It's like what? Pretty shitty. Hopefully, I'm not bringing it down, but that's just why my shit's just binging the fuck off. Yeah, is that gonna show up on the recording? The bings? Yeah. Oh yeah, do they always show up? Oh, okay, I can never remember. <laughs> eh, they show up, but you just don't care. Yeah. I usually like you know make a comment. Trying to yell, shut the fuck up! But there is some interesting shit going on. It's not fucking stupid shit where it's like, hey, yo, Sigma, Sigma <laughs> balls. None of that shit. Yeah, no, it's it's real life. It's real life. Yes, it sucks, but for us, we're going to troop on for the show yeah. and hope the best for the Ukraine and the whole situation of the world. Yeah. Knock on wood. Track nine is called It's Not True. I just I didn't have much to say. It was just some upbeat Elvis inspired rock and roll with some fun pianos and a brisk pace. Uh, it would probably be a song that's fun live. I gave that one a six. So for song nine, I wrote down the song was a fun one. A six out of ten. Yeah. Okay. So track 10 is I'm a Man by Bo Diddley. I've heard the original one and the one by the Yardbirds, and this is a pretty good version. It's all right. This this song is literally about as the Bo Diddley song here is about as classic of uh of a blue song as you can get. It's literally the bam 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 bam. I woke up this morning. Like that's literally the song it is. And um the song, uh, you know, and a lot of these British bands like were inspired by blues. I think they do all right. Maybe I'm being too nice. I thought it was better than the James Brown covers, though. I gave it a six again. So this is a Bo Diddley cover. Yes. For I did not know that. I was not aware of that because <laughs> this is what I wrote down. It's that crappy blues song. <laughs> you know that one. Yeah. But these lyrics are so almost on the line of satire. <laughs> I'm like they hit different when you're come when they're coming from Bo Diddley. Trust me, I'm sure they do. But what the who? I'm like, dude, this sounds like a satire, silly song, like 
almost dissing these shitty, these crappy blues songs. It doesn't help that Rod is putting on an actual Bo Diddley song. Yeah. Here's the thing. When I thought it was satire, six out of ten. I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it at that. When you thought it was satire, I thought it was satire. I mean, the, the who? I thought this, kind of I thought this album was like having layers. It was like, haha, let's throw like a funny lull song in here. And I'm like, oh, it's a fucking crappy ass blues song. But I'm out. And it's like, okay, dude. M- I'm like, a. I'm like, dude, these fucking lyrics are just like, N- these lyrics are kind of fucking comedy, bro. Not gonna lie. This, this song has to be satire. <laughs> I'm cracking up a teeny bit. All right, I'll give it a six out of ten. No, this is a legit serious Bo Diddley song. Wow, the Who just did a <laughs> shitty version of it where I thought it was comedy. That's funny. I believe that Bo Diddley is done. Actually, I can believe it's serious. Yeah, yeah. But whatever their fucking delivery, I'm like, because they're literally being, <laughs> they're literally doing the freaking corny blues voice. No, I know, I but know. It's like satirical. It sounds like that. I was I, like, what I, the. Roger was make Roger Daughtry was making me laugh a few times throughout this record with some of his voice stuff because because he wasn't just like yeah no he was like doing the I was woke up this morning yeah he, he literally <laughs> was doing a voice I thought this had to be satire it had to be maybe I'll take back what I said about him doing it better than Robert Plant but <laughs> that was funny. Track 11 is legal mat is called a legal matter. I didn't really have an opinion. It felt like filler at the very end of the record. I gave it a five. Wait, are you talking about song 11? Yeah, dude. I thought the song was sick. <clears throat> legal matter. Really? I felt like this was a song was this. I was like, this is another sick song that I felt like I've heard before. Seven out of 10. I must've been vibing. Brah. Sorry, you, bro. you straight tripping dog. Shit. I might Shit, be. dog. Now, song 12. Okay. The Ox. Okay, now, okay, fun fact that everyone knows. The Ox was the nickname of the bassist, John Entwistles. That, and apparently they used to call him Thunderfingers, which I'm not going to lie. The Ox is kind of cool, but I kind of, but that's what everyone calls him. I kind of wish he he used Thunderfingers as his main nickname, because I'm not going to lie. Could you imagine? Oh, sh- like, there's hands like, oh, shit, man. Here comes, here comes Thunderfingers. <laughs> Oh shit, Matt! There comes, comes Thunderfingers. There comes Thunderfingers now. That's cool. It's awesome. It, it's 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 descriptive of what he does because he played with no pick for his bass. It's vaguely pornographic, so it's got sexual energy. It's great. Anyway, this song. So apparently, this is an improv track that they just kind of that the guys just kind of threw together. Good thing too, because honestly, I would have. I, I know the American release of this album had a slightly different lineup, and I think they either took out or added one song or, or changed around songs. There's a song on there that's not on this version. Yeah, here's the thing about trying to find this, listen to this song on Spotify. There's there was no short version, so oh. I had to figure out. <laughs> Okay, where did the original album end? Oh, you're going to hate and it. And it ended on the ox. Oh, you're going to hate it when we get to the Who Sells Out. Um, but yeah, so I, I like this one. According to some music historian dude I heard, uh, when this song and my generation specifically came out, they were considered sonic marvels for the time. That was the exact words he used. Because Pete Townsend used feedback in the song. Uh, but I like this one a lot. It's got some really good rhythm, some good drumming by Keith, uh, nice usage of keyboards. It was dynamic and interesting, and I really liked it. Gosh dang it. I gave it a seven. Yeah, for me, I wrote down, dude, this is a pretty tight shred jam. Seven out of ten. 
Keith be acting like he's a goat or something here. <laughs> like one of the greatest of all time, just fucking ripping it on the drums. Oh yeah, look at this guy right even, here. Even uh, what's his name? Even um, even John Bottom needed like Led Zeppelin two to really start showing his chops. So here's the thing about like fucking Bottom chops though too. I feel like because there was like a couple Bottoms. I can't remember if there was like the Bottom like kind of shred song that I enjoyed or I thought was masturbatory. I thought that was Moby Dick off Zeppelin two. I think I thought I thought you weren't a fan. Yeah, I thought this was annoying. I might have thought that was annoying and masturbatory. But for some reason, for this song though, I didn't think it was annoying or masturbatory. Well, this was kind of fun. Well, because you know why? I mean, Pete Townsend is kind of known to be one of the great egos slash dicks to work with in rock and roll. He's kind of up there with uh, Richie Blackmore in that sense of old guys, but. For the most part, he wasn't. If you he, you've listened to this album, uh, not a lot of self indulgent masturbatory stuff. They were really focused on just crafting some songs. There was no bit for Pete to like go off and shred. There was no there was no twelve minute fucking Keith Moon drum solo. And um, well, okay, the bassist didn't do much in Led Zeppelin anyway. But you get my point, you know. Oh, and there wasn't a lot of Robert Dal- Robert Daltrey wasn't going. Oh, baby, baby. So, yeah. Okay, so if I tally up my score, which I did, <laughs> look at me, cool guy. I can do math. I have a calculator on my phone. Oh, uh, do you know? Out of a score of 120, because there were 12 tunes, this album gets a 75. Pretty good. Uh, th- this was a good. This is a good first album. I'll admit, this album is kind of carried by my generation, and the kids are all right in but that this, order. But this album has good shit on it. But here. the album is still good. Like, dude, I just felt like the last two songs ripped. My generation, the song after was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. And then freaking yeah, dude, the ox is like there was some good shit on here. This was really good. A lot of a lot. Of, there was a lot of dynamics. It was uh, and it all felt uh, it was just it was just really good. You know, I was gonna say. Um, you know, talking about the who they're a really interesting band to me because like, you know, if you were to ask random person, like, Hey man, what do you, what are like the, Hey man, what are the first like top five, like just great rock bands of all time? Just right off the top of your head. They'd be like, Oh shit. Uh, uh, well, uh, the Beatles. It's like, yeah, good one. Oh, Rolling Stones, man. Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there can go one of two ways. You either say Led Zeppelin first or you say Pink Floyd first. And then the fifth one is like, there's a, a, well, at least if you're in California where they were a huge hit, there's a high chance someone would say the doors. But the Who have always been there, chilling in the background. They're not underground by any means. But think about it. They haven't been put under the, like, music historian microscope as much as, you know, Zeppelin or Beatles or Rolling Stones. But they've always been, but they've always just kind of like, you know, but they've always had really good stuff. So it's always, it's always just kind of, it was, it's, I'm really excited to go on this journey because like, you know, the Who, uh, there's a lot of music there that I haven't heard. So it'll be really neat because I would almost say they're underrated. Although I guess it's kind of hard to say one of the biggest, at least top 10 biggest rock bands ever is over, uh, underrated. But, uh, yeah, no, this is exciting. exciting to me yes here let me just grab a time stamp for next thing i could do it professional and search for it but i would rather just you know (laughs) just say when it's just easy for me all right time for our main event yes unless a hot or not pulls up we might we could end on a hot or not 
I'll make a phone call after this review. Okay. I am still wanting to do a hot or not, but listeners, her main event today, we watched a 1996 movie, Barb, Barb Wire. Barb Wire. Here's the thing. Last movie we watched was a fucking atrocious piece of dog shit. I'm sorry. I Yeah, that was like <laughs> a polishable offense, but I felt like it was good radio. I was like, okay, you know what? We'll still watch a bad movie, but let's watch a movie that's kind of infamously bad. But then, you know, maybe it's funny and corny. And I can tell you this about the standard movie. This movie sucked ass. <laughs> there are going to be some corny stuff, some good crack jokes, but low key, I can see why this movie failed on, like failed and fall on its face hard. Oh, this movie fell, dude. Like, dude, straight up, it's not fucking Black Rage, Catch the Black Sunshine bad. No, no, no. It's better than that. Yes. But if we're going to talk about movies that were meant to be blockbusters, <laughs> this movie was pretty ass. But that's the thing. This movie wasn't meant to be like some straight to DVD or B movie thing. They were pushing that like, yo, the chick from Baywatch is an action star now. This is going to be hype. Yeah. But this chick from Baywatch, <laughs> there's going to be a couple running jokes that you're going to hear on this damn fucking review. One, I'm just going to say right now, Pamela Anderson does the Steven Seagal fucking monologue thing. All her fucking dialogue is her whispering. So we're going to be making some jokes on that. To be fair, I think she puts in a little more effort than Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is like, I barely sound like I can lift up or lift my lips. It's Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson is like, I'm trying my best to put on a tough lady voice. Dude, you literally, there was no difference in you oh, doing there, there was a little difference. Dude. Yeah, sure. Fucking sure. Steven Seagal sounds like he barely uses half Well, you sound mouth. like you got, you sound like you added weight no, to your voice right now. No, James, look at my mouth. I'm barely moving my mouth. But then, but then this is me with Pamela Anderson trying to be a tough, sexy assassin. This all sounded like it should have been the basis for a porno. No, it just sounds like you fucking lost weight in your voice <laughs> doing between the two. One sounds lighter than the other. That's all you did right now. It's like, uh, you're I not swear. convincing me otherwise. <laughs> Don't fucking die on this hill. How did this movie open? Oh, this movie started off great. By the way, my phone's still acting fucky, so my notes are even worse than they were for Starship Troopers, but I will try. Hey, you took a screenshot. Here's the thing. The movie opens with an opening scroll. Okay, so I need to... An opening scroll. I need to specify... It could be like Star Wars, but literally they do the one where it's just flat looking. Yeah. Opening scrolls, those kind of opening scrolls never do good. Okay, so... Unless this movie is trying to be satirical, (laughs) which I doubt. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Here's the thing. This was done by Dark Horse Entertainment. Is that? Yeah, because the history is kind of interesting because Barbed Wire was a comic book. Yeah, it felt like. Here's the thing about this. Uh, lol. This movie's a comic book movie. Lol. <laughs> it felt like a comic book movie. It felt like a 90s like kind of comic book movie. Like it's almost as bad as the fucking like. Those like Batman movies. Like, or at least the oh, Batman. you mean the really corny ones with like George Clooney and Val Kilmer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ones, ones with the Robins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, it got that same vibe. It felt nineties. That's different. That was trying to be campy to invoke Adam West Batman. This is just this is trying to be serious. Yeah, but this is kind of how comic book movies were done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not gonna lie, like setting. There wasn't the a look, s- the feel, the design. It felt like that. 90s comic book movie. Well, see, it's almost kind of cartoonish. Yeah. But come on, it's supposed to be cut. Kind of, wasn't this movie like rated R? Oh, yo, it was rated hard R. 
It's not, dude. This movie felt like PG-13. It was felt- there even a fucking F-bomb in this movie? Oh, I'm sure there was. I felt like there isn't. I swear she said the F word. What? what that fucking whispering ass voice? I'm. She had to have said the fuck word. Dude, I swear there was no F-bombs. All I know is this movie starts, there's a logo, and then bam, it's like Steel Harbor 2017. And it's like, oh shit. And then before you can recover the second American Civil War. Oh, god damn. And then the opening scroll is the, hold on, let me put on my audiobook voice. Ahem. The old democracy is overthrown by a tyrannical new group called the Congressional Directorate, which I read that and I'm like, what's this nightmare collective bullshit? <laughs> is this an AEW stable? What? <laughs> anyway, every city in the nation is under martial law except one Steel Harbor, the last free city, a secluded island of shrinking independence. It is, pl- it is a place marked by chaos and crime, providing a home for a new kind of mercenary. I can tell you in 2017, we did not go through a, a second American Civil War. Honestly, we kind of almost did, though. <laughs> almost. There's always almost, but never happened. True. As I wrote down in my notes, bruh, Steel Harbor, <laughs> 2017, Second American Civil War. Ed, please get this opening up exposition scroll. And then you get like, what, maybe the opening credits that I just wrote down, Pamela Anderson Lee, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> well, we have the opening credits. Of Pamela, I'm not going. I'm not going to call her barbed wire. She's Pamela Anderson. She's pa- she's just Pamela Anderson putting on a tough guy. We just voice. have opening credits of Pamela in a rain room, wearing a leather dress and fucking cleavage. Fuck, dude. At times, I felt like her titties fell out. I think they did a couple times. I don't even know. Also, there was a rock cover of a, of a random '70s disco song. I think it's the one that goes, all the gals around the world as a something as a father buys our gals in your hair. I think it's that one. If there was if there was a scene to describe this movie, it's this one. Yeah. It literally is Pam Anderson. Yeah. Leather and her tits. <laughs> so <laughs> this wasn't just some random credits up. It was just like, let's have Pam look hot. Wet in the rain. Funny thing is, a close-ups of her cleavage. Funny thing is, this scene apparently was actually Pam Anderson's idea because she had it in a dream. She said she had a dream of her be of her being drenched doing a naughty dance, and the director was being pressured by the comp by the the company um the the film company or whatever to include more nudity because they thought more nudity would get more buys. Ah! 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 So they threw in this scene. Do you want to know how much money Barbed Wire lost? Please tell. Okay. This is this is great. So I don't know. I don't know offhand. Okay. I don't know how offhand nine million dollars was worth in the year of our Lord 1996, probably more so 1995 when they actually filmed this. The budget was nine million dollars. They made three point eight. They didn't even get half of their money back. They didn't even get a third. Wait. They just. They get a day a third. They didn't even get a fourth of their money back. Fuck. 
<laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So we just see a bunch of horny dudes in suits, what looks like a strip club setting. Yeah. But not strippers getting nude. It's just Pam Anderson. Fuck, is this a fucking Steven Seagal movie? We open up in a strip club, bro. <laughs> Are you sure? This, this has to be a Steven Seagal movie. You know what this movie? movie does have a fat guy that never gets up from his seat. Yes. Are you sure this had to be a Steven Skull movie? Whatever, you got a bunch of horny dudes in suit and one heckler that gets fucking just like, he's just like asking her something. I don't remember the dialogue. He kept telling her to take off more clothes. Come on, baby. Take off more clothes. Pamela Anderson takes off one of her stilettos and just trucks it straight into into the dude's dome. Because he called her babe. Here's the thing about this movie. There's a running gag with this movie. Don't call Pam babe. You know what's funny? Apparently in the comics, according to TV tropes, she only ever said that like twice. But this movie turned it into her catchphrase. Are you sure? This movie was trying to be girl power, James. Whatever. So dude gets <laughs> fucking domed by a stiletto. And then we got this one buck tooth fuck. He doesn't have a really have a buck tooth, but it's fucking like he's protruding an upper fucking, uh, what, what do you call that? Uh, he, well, he's protruding his teeth forward. He's protruding his fucking teeth One forward. of those toothy grins. And, he, and he's like, talks to one dude that's asking questions about Pam. Yeah. What's up with her? Oh, she's new. <laughs> cool. And then we see Pam backstage. And we get it. She's acting like a hard. She's tough. Yeah. She's a badass. She's a hard ass. And one of the ladies asks her, hey, how's the crowd? And her opening line is, what? You see... Do you want to know the deep philosophical meanings behind that line? Do you get it? Because she was wet in the water and she's from Baywatch, which was at the beach and had water. No, I'm just kidding. They just thought that would make her look cool or funny. I don't know. Ha ha. Whatever. <laughs> so fucking protruding. So, so that fucking, fake laugh was funnier. So yeah, this buck tooth fuck never got his name comes in and he tells her, hey, can you meet me in the office? I don't know if like a dude wants to meet her or something. Maybe they want to talk pay, but he was giving Pam. I want to. Uh, he's giving Pam. I want to touch your butt eyes. There's a lot of dudes in this movie that had. Hey, Pam, can I touch your butt eyes going <laughs> or more? Yeah. Yeah. But fucking either way, I don't get I don't get much of conversations in the movie. There wasn't much. Most of the dialogue most of the dialogue, when it comes to Barb, sorry, when it comes to Pam, is you're like, hey, Pam, what do you think about all this plot shit? I don't care. I just want my money. I'm in it for myself and my brother. I don't care. I'm in it for my money. Oh, she wasn't that bad. Come on. She was like trying to do like a girl snake voice almost. Sir. Sure. But like a snake from NGS1 before he went all gravelly. Sir. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's like I need my money that's how she did it she's like I need well okay the point is I need my money the point is if I remember right the I need my money <laughs> you know I'm not wrong this is some fucking this really is better than Black Rage <laughs> this is a fucking Steven Seagal fucking acting here bro are we watching Steven Seagal wait 96 movie? fuck I think Steven Seagal was actually still popular around this time too so we see Pam yes she's Back somewhere. Yeah. Not at Bucktooth's office. She's trying to like lock pick she's, some shit. So yeah, she's like just fucking scavenging through her tools. Bucktooth rolls up like, hey, what you doing back here? And she goes, I just want to have a smoke of a cigarette. And he goes, and she goes, what you want, man? And then like the guy's like, I don't like the smoke. Well, I don't smoke either. And she shoots a dart from the cigarette. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I don't smoke. I don't either. 
either. She wasn't whispering. She was, ow, that hurt my throat. I don't either. You're killing my Adam's apple, James. Well, I don't have good brains. It's going to be like this. If anyone wants, if anyone wants a very similar review, and speaking of Steven Seagal, you all should check out our our review of Exit Wounds. Exit Wounds, and that was a really good review. And Beyond the Law, yeah, off. Oh. Beyond the sucked. Law was so bad, I started getting mad at you. That movie was pretty atrocious. Uh, okay, uh, but we had to be a completionist and watch fucking DMX act along. Action superstar Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal was so bad that DMX looked like a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, but we're here to talk about Pam Anderson. Yeah. So she goes into this fucking freezer <clears throat> where, like, this whatever meat locker room. It looked like a meat locker. And then we just see a young girl in her school skirt, like, like it's some school girl, school girl uniform. And I'm like, yeah. Well, look at that. I guess fucking Pam Anderson's here to save the day. It's like the most basic ass, like. You know, uh, just what people think a schoolgirl's uniform looks like. Or just, oh, hey, young girl stolen by bad guy, abducted by bad guys. Yeah. Pam is here to save the day. Friggin', I didn't see that coming, actually. Mm -hmm. I thought we were just going to get more, I'm Pam and I'm hot. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was like, oh, hey, look, I guess... Some fucking hero There work. is plot. See, James, you got to pay attention. This movie's high caliber. Whatever. And then, like, goons go like, hey, what are you doing? You got this fucking child. Hey, you're not supposed to have her. Who the fuck are you? What are you doing? So they're running. They go to a window. And the kid is like, the kid's like, we can't make it down this. Pam whips out a fucking grappling hook. And is like, what was this fucking like? I have it. Hey, have you ever seen Batman? Yeah, she's like, like, what are you doing? Have you ever seen Batman? She's <laughs> just a grappling hook. I'm like, okay, that was actually funny. Yeah. Then they're <laughs> repel- then they're repelling down the building, and then the girls screaming. And I just out, yeah, Pam's doing fucking Batman. Yeah, they're just Batmaning down the fucking building. And the girls screaming. She's like, shut up. That's how. That's kind of how she says it. Like, hey, shut up. No, she did. I swear to God, I watched the movie too. <laughs> I watched it twice. Yeah, I had to because my phone was fucky, and I'm I'm still not sure I got everything. This movie has a lot of quick cuts. They jam a lot in this. It's not as fast as Beyond the Law, which I think had the worst editing and pacing of any movie we watched. But this one's pretty bad. Well, either way, they make a getaway. Like there's not much else extra fighting. Yeah, maybe goons shoot at them, but they get away, and we see we go under a foggy dark bridge. Mm -hmm. Pam and this girl she just saved. We meet like. A lady and a dude. I presume they're. I presume it's this little girl's parents. The lady had a southern accent, but the d- guy had a British accent. It's like, Bob, bro, boy, bro, it's you Steel Harbor. <laughs> Come on, Steel Harbor. That's right, the last Freedom City or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so to sum up this scene, he's like, Pam, you got our daughter, and she's like, Yeah, you got my money. Yeah, you got my money. And then, and he's like, Oh, I could only come up with half, and he, she's like, Okay. I'll take half the money and half your daughter. Is that like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we make a deal? She stares at them. And then we should see she took their car. Yeah. And the money. Yeah. Which I'm not going to lie. That's not much better. Yeah, but I, these parents got their, they, these parents got their daughter back. No, I'm saying Pam. I'm sure the fucking daughter is their world. But come on. It's Pam. Come on. It's Barbara. You see, you She's see, you see James. Hard ass. The point of the scene is because this is the 90s everyone's fucking jacking it over anti-heroes so they're like oh she saved these girls but it's because she got paid to do it but she's in it for herself she doesn't care about people 
She's going to take their car. Yeah, but she does <laughs> care about people. She plays like she... Like, exterior, they like she's presented like she doesn't care for people, but yeah. we could tell she does care for people. Three-dimensional in layers. Oh, my fucking God, bro. What a fucking character. Either way, it's she takes her fucking car, then she's up on this hill, looks at a sunrise, and is looking over Steel Harbor, and she just does dialogue on why Steel Harbor sucks. <laughs> That's literally it. She goes like, yeah, Steel Harbor. Look at this shithole. Look at this shithole. Oh, look at this shithole. No, don't worry, Pam. Barbar is going to be huge. Don't worry, Pam. Barbar is going to be huge. <laughs> I can tell you this. Pam and Tommy, that show is so much better than this movie. <laughs> Not going to lie. <sighs> okay, so next we're right, at... Let's I, get our composure. Where I the think, fuck are we? I think next we go to like a government facility. No, we go to the fucking White House. Okay. It's this like fucking bomb, freaking bomb rated looking ass White House. And I just wrote down sex electric torture on some lady. Because literally we see like some lady making moaning noises... Literally, you could mistake this as a porno if you were like just hearing the audio. Yeah, because they don't show us them torturing her the first time, and her she's sc- gonna, uh, yeah, and her uh, screams yeah. don't sound painful. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, she's like, uh, I was like, this doesn't sound like you're in pain. This sounds like you're in pleasure. <laughs> My notes got funky, but either way, I can remember to see mostly enough. We just see this lady. She's hooked up with random hardware on her boobs and her freaking vagina and on her face. And then we meet our bad guy for the movie and he's interrogating her. But then she's shot. But then he's also shocking her with this fucking elaborate fucking underwear torture device. What is this movie? (laughs) It's a 90. It's a 90s industrial music video. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Either way, she's trying like they're trying to get information about a resistance fighter and special special retinal lenses contact lenses because those matter to the plot the most. Anything else, just whatever. Sure, dialogue. Yeah, that's literally the the important thing are these contacts. They need to find a doctor, lady. Whatever. And then the president, I guess, calls this fucking our bad guy, and he's talking about hey, there's this girl with special DNA that can fight against our bioweapon. Go find her, dude. So then next, we're outside of this biker-looking club, and we see Zeus slash Debo. That actor. Was it Tiny Lister his name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the fucking bouncer to this club. And that's all we see of him in this movie. Yeah. I totally forgot he was there to open my notes. Now, we're at some edgy, sexy club with a live band playing. And then some... Arabian lad, you know, you're a freaking Dubai looking yeah. rich lad. Or a character of one. I guess he's trying to ask for someone talking to the waiter. Was he asking for Barb Wire? I'm sure. Okay. And like the dude says, sorry, your money's not good here. And he's talking about, what are you talking about? My money's, well, you say my money's not good? Then we get a quick shot to a DJ. He's introducing some track in this edgy, sexy club bar. I call I just called it the doth the the doth the well, goth dance club. Well, it's called the it's the the spot's called the Hammerhead. But to me, I'm like, dude, no, it's some edgy, sexy club because this is some edgy, <laughs> sexy movie. It is 
uh, I guess it's edgy. Whatever. And now we have some dude at the bar that's wearing glass sunglasses. He's trying to mack on a lady. Yeah. He like goes, hey, is this this number perfume that you're wearing? Oh, my. Oh, wow. How did you know? I'm a man that could smell things good. It's basically the dialogue. Yeah. And then he tries to Mac, but this lady bounces away and he doesn't realize it. I forgot this guy's name. I think it's Charlie. I just call it this guy's blind. He's Barbara. He's Pam Anderson's brother. Barbara's brother. I just called him blind Sebastian Bach. I just call him blind, dude. He kind of looks like Sebastian Bach. So this blind dude. Yeah. He just rambles on into failure. Yeah. And then our main butler, the ball butler, comes up and he's trying to find someone, I guess. It's Pam or something. He goes like, hey, do you know do you know where Barb is? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't really hear. This, you couldn't hear shit right here for some reason. Then we see people in a car. I think. I'm trying to remember. Did I miss something? No, let me see here. Well, either way, I just wrote down customs police pulls over a car. Oh, yeah. And I presume, oh, hey, these are some transporters. They have them come out of the car. And then we see customs just maul them down with bullets. And I wrote down, here's the thing. Who's the main, who is like the other, who was like the main actor, other main actor that isn't Pamela Anderson in this movie? Is it like, what's his name? To uh, The guy that plays Django Fett. Yeah. <laughs> it's Django Fett. <laughs> Something Morrison or Morrison. Tegan or Ty- I don't remember his name. Yeah. Either way, I just wrote down somewhere. My li- I'm now <laughs> fucked on my notes. Is your notes fucked too? No. <clears throat> I'm fucked on reading my notes. So yeah. Police mull down these transporter dudes and we see Boba Fett <laughs> and some lady and they get away. Nah, bro. That's Django Fett. Sure. No, I know he's both. I know he's both. Yeah. So now we see Pam in her office, and I guess she owns this edgy, sexy club. Yes, I remember that much. This is her club. I, I don't know what it's called, though. So we see the bald waiter, and he goes like, hey, I'm scraping for pay. Okay. So Pam bounces out and mobs on a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm like, what about this dude's money? Because here's the thing. That pretty much was the scene, wasn't it? Yo, we see this club. It's full of fucking people. Yeah. It's lively. Business looks good. One of the employees goes, hey, can I get paid? Sorry, I'm low on cash. What a fucking business owner are you? Because she's a she's too busy being an edgy, sexy club owner, James. Yeah, and I guess not paying her fucking employees. <laughs> so she has to go off and mob on her motorcycle. I don't know what, but we, we find out eventually. And then we see fucking Django and some lady jump customs dudes. So yeah, we yes. switch back to fucking, yeah, Boba, Django, Fett. It's not really any transitions either. It just yeah. kind of cuts. Yeah, we just see him, some lady. They like beat up the fucking customs dudes that just maul down their transporters and maybe jack their guns. I don't know. We see these two people on the run. So then I wrote down, I guess her business isn't paying the bills. So we see Pam Anderson being a prostitute for extra cash. Because yeah. we see the sad-looking fuck come up to her, and he goes like, Did, you know, whatever dialogue to fucking, like... He's like, are you a cop? And she she laughs. She and then she opens shows her coat to reveal an official prostitution card? Because it's still harder in the year of our Lord, 2017. I wonder if legal prostitutes would make life better for people. Who knows? I don't know. Amsterdam seems like it's doing fine with that. <laughs> but yeah, so... Yeah, she like opens he- up her coat, and he's like... Do you see a badge? Yeah. 
And then he's uh, and he's like, I-, I remember this dialogue. I remember this dialogue. Tell me. He's like, how much? And she goes, depends how you like to play. Depends how you like to play. I like to play. <clears throat> Let me. <clears throat> I like to play rough. I'll try rough. Me too. Wow. <laughs> Great dialogue. So they go to his place, I think. And then once they're in, once they're inside. Yeah, I should, they go to his apartment. There's yeah. a retinal scan. I wrote down, well, it's 2022 and we don't have that. No. Great, great way of predicting the future, Hollywood. <laughs> so we're in this fucking trash ass apartment. It looks yeah. like a fucking dump. But I guess. But either way, they're in there. I don't know what the fuck they like their fucking dialogue exchange. I, the only thing I remember him saying is, I think I'm going to, I thought he said something like, <clears throat> I'm going to go get into something uncomfortable. Oh, cool. See, the joke is, guys, he says that and then he comes out. In oh, a- first, before, we- no, like literally. He says that he bounces off to go change. Pam whips out some fucking x-ray camera because I guess, oh, hey, look, this is the part where we don't have Pam being hot and sexy because I guess is the part where it's like, oh, yeah, no, she's some badass character. And I guess she has a fucking hit or a bounty on a lad in the room over. But literally homeboy comes out in a full fucking gimp suit. You see, because James, this movie's trying to tell you a story. I can tell you the story. This dude got in this fucking Gibbs suit in under a minute. He was ready. Yeah, like fuck he this was stupid. ready for this his whole life. Come on, dude. I don't think I don't think throwing on a Gibbs suit, you could just throw that shut on in thirty seconds and you're back out the door ready to fucking get who knows do whatever weird sexual I mean, deviant freaking pornographic deed that he was planning on doing. I mean, I can't speak. I literally can't speak from experience. But considering how tight that shit looks, uh, no. In fact, I think usually literally, you have Pam to have someone like, help you. Literally, it was like, like, all right, I'm gonna go change. All right, cool. Pam looks out X-ray specs. She looks through the friggin', she looks through the wall. Ah, cool. That's my guy. Dude pops out. That's literally my description. You think you can fucking change into a full leather fucking onesie no. in that amount of time? You know what that kind of reminds me of? this fucking movie? You know what that kind of reminds me of? Really quick, funny story. Dad was going through some stuff and he found, he actually has some old ass like comic books because he, he used to get them from when he was a kid and a little older. And one of them was an old Captain Marvel one. And I mean the Marvel one. I mean like the, the DC one that we call Shazam now. And uh, there, uh, in the lot in those old comic books, they had a lot of those like, "Hey kids, look at this cheap crap you can buy if you send it and buy it." And Dad said, and and Dad was looking through it. He said, "Oh, that was my favorite one. Which one? It was X ray got. It was X ray glasses." <laughs> oh, like that's just a fucking meme though. And he was like, and he was like, you know why I wanted those, right? And I'm like, I I can guess, Dad. I could guess. But either way, fucking homeboy in the skimp suit is ready for fucking mama dom fucking Pamela Anderson. He has a fucking He's paddle. He's ready for her to step on him. Yeah, basically. Like, he gives her a paddle. He's like, all right, all right, big boy, turn around. And she just fucking whacks him in the dome and knocks <laughs> him out. I'm like, well, there goes your fucking evening, bro. 
And then we have the most realistic thing in this movie, the plastic explosives. Yeah, she just fucking starts setting up a fucking foam, like she draws a square out of foam and sets up fucking explosives, shoots through the fucking wall, and the dude that she, she's about to fucking get goes, oh shit. That but is- this guy has homies. Yeah. They run up there, and now we have a gunfight going. And this gunfight, how do I explain the choreography? Well, it's not Transporter 3. No. It's not Transporter 1. In fact, it's kind of basic. If I'm being serious, it's kind of a basic gunfight. Uh, Come on, it's 96. Yeah. I'm sure this was exciting for 96, I guess. I guess. We have Pamela Anderson in a skimpy, tight leather some fucking... Was it a suit? No, it wasn't a suit. Either way, she's wearing some fucking skippy leather attire and heels, fucking ducking under a table, just fucking dual wielding, just fucking dual wielding fucking, I don't know, magnums or fucking pistols, dude, just fucking trying to like fight off these two dudes. Did you know Pam did a lot of her own stunts for this movie? Oh, really? I could see. Wait, did she do the motorcycle riding? I don't know that. I couldn't find anything concrete about that, but I know she did most of her stunts. In fact, she I, I, have they mentioned this on Tommy and Lee yet? Apparently, she suffered a miscarriage on the set of this movie. They did. Or sh- because of the shit of this movie. They did show a scene that was definitely planned as a miscarriage. Yeah, it's because of this. It's because of the stunts in this movie. So yeah, and I I have quite a few female friends, and like they and like and like just from what they've told me, seeing Pam and those I you know when you're younger, whatever you see girls in these tight things with their boobs on hand, and you're you know you're younger, you're like oh yeah, big t. I was thinking about it watching this movie. That had to be uncomfortable, yeah. Like I know she has implants, so I don't know if those act as a cushion or something. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, can. I just feel like that would be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Because, because like, I, I guess breasts aren't, like, as sensitive as, say, testicles, but it's a similar idea. So, like, just seeing how, like, you know, and not to mention, too, the thing was, that thing was basically a corset, kind of, but it was leather, and then you got the big gagungas. I know I'm going on a bit. Gagungas. I know I'm going on a bit about, about, about breast science here. <laughs> And her fucking attire. Yeah. But I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Anyway, yeah. So she kicks these guys' ass. Yeah, she kicks this guy's ass. There's like two dudes. One dude gets taken out. And then one dude, she's fucking like, the fight ends with her fucking dick punching a dude. And then she's just fucking stomping on his cock and her stilettos and shit. And either way, then she goes up and wakes up her bounty. But that goon that she was just like stomping his cock on, he just like gets up and calls her... They're like, cause like, hey, babe, and then we have her go. Don't call me babe. And it's just like, and I wrote down, gets up, calls her babe, and I wrote down, I guess that's what asking to die. I guess. Yeah. She fucking blasts him. Then she takes her bounty down, and she looks at her nail, and I wrote down, oh no, she broke a nail. It's kind of funny because like he's behind her, pulls a knife. He doesn't try to sneak up on her, but he yeah, says he the babe. But he says the babe thing. He stops right in his tracks. She has the enough time to one one thousand, two one thousand, three one. Pick up the gun. One one thousand, two one thousand, uh, six with that. Point it at him. Bap 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 bap, and he falls out a window because I don't know what it is about action movies, but like they like dudes falling out of windows. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's, it's kind of, it, it feels climactic to a thing, I guess, but whatever. And then yeah, don't call me babe. And I have to appreciate 
it's a small dumb thing. I appreciate that she didn't actually vocalize, shit, I broke a nail. She just looked at it, and you could see it was broken. Yeah. That was a little bit of subtle storytelling. So, yeah, now she goes to what? Like, the bounty, Bales Man, whatever. She's here to collect the bounty, yes. and it's this one fucker that's been in almost every fucking movie. This, like, fucking uh, cul-de-sac dome lad. You feel, I don't know his act. I don't know the actor's name, but, dude. You've seen this fucking guy in movies everywhere during this time period. 80s, 90s, shit, into the 2000s. I'm trying to see if, uh, you probably wouldn't remember the character's name, huh? No, but I can tell you what he fucking looks like. John Paxson? No. Let me see the fucking cast of peeps on Google. Okay, here you go. So, yeah. Oh, shit, I'm the, like, one with the phone. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm just gonna, like, barbed wire... Barbar, let's look up the cast right here. You know, if we ever decide... Clint Howard as Schmitz. Clint Howard? Let me see. Clint Howard, which one? Oh, that guy! Yeah, I do know who that is. Okay. Yeah. So, Clint Howard, that guy that's been in fucking every movie, he, like, never is, like, out of work. Good for him. Yeah. He'll even do shitty movies like this. (laughs) I just wrote down, she's, like, barters with them, because the bounty is, like, at 10,000, but she goes... There was not supposed to be other guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'll give you... I'm upping my pay. 20000 Whoa, whoa, whoa. Barb, come on. You think I'm not giving... What? Not, nah, come on. It's just 10000 Sorry. She just bars... I don't know. Blackmails <laughs> him or something. I can't fucking recall. I'm yeah, being yeah, horrible yeah. here. No, no. That's basically the scene. But either way, she, like, threatens him, and then he gives her... The increased pay. Oh, okay. I was looking at Clint Howard's track listing. You remember, uh, what was it? Um, you remember the operator dude from the Austin Power movies, like during the penis gags? Yeah, Johnson. That's him. He oh, fuck. We did watch him in that dude. He's in a. Fucking- he was in Backdraft, dude. He- Silent Night, Deadly Night Four. The year before that, and the year before that, he was in Tango and Cash. Dude, he's in. He was on so night many- shift. He he voiced Rue from Winnie the Pooh in a Winnie the Pooh short film. Two of them. He was the voice of Rue. <laughs> what? For two things, yeah. Anyway, back to this. Oh, and he was in Waterboy. Apparently, he was Paco, whatever that was. Dude, you can just go down <laughs> to all his movies, bro. You've seen a movie he's been in. God, I've seen a lot of these. <laughs> Yeah, and he's in Fun with Dick and Jane. He's in so many movies. This dude does not like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Homeboy is never out of work. He does like, except for once or twice, he does like three or four movies a year. 2013, he did five. Fuck. Or four. Anyway, sorry. Oh, he he was also in Solo. He was in that the same year he was in an Uwe Boll documentary as himself. So I guess he's done Uwe Boll films. Okay, go ahead. I don't know where the fuck I'm at. Well, either way, Pam gets her money. Now back at the sexy edgy club, we see her actually pay her bald fucking waiter. I was like, oh, business is not good in this packed bar. Here, let me go get a bounty so I can actually pay my employees. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Or uh, if, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, I know. She's supposed to act like she doesn't care, but it's like, well, here, let me go fucking do a dangerous bounty so I can actually pay my employees. But I'm like, your fucking business looks like it's popping the fuck off. Either way, we meet some soldier lad, just some geek. He asked Pam for a dance. And they're just hanging out. Homeboy's panning like crazy. He goes like, oh my God. I guess I'm like the I'm with the one and only barbed wire. Yeah. I'm Which like, to be fair, that's probably how he actually felt when he got to touch Pam Anderson. Yeah, I know. So you're just doing a slow dance. She asks if he has a lady back home. He says he does. And it's like, hey, show me how you would be if you were with her. And he's like, actually like, I'm like, oh, hey, this is actually kind of a sweet, tender moment for sure. But then he's looking at, I'm no, I'm like fucking tripping the fuck off because like, forget Dude, god damn it, my notes are so fucked up right now. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, she asks if he uh, has a lady, makes him act like she's his her, and slow dance for her. And then SWAT team appear. Yeah, the police show up. Yeah, we see the chief of police where Pam introduces, yeah, he's a liar and a thief, but at least he's honest about it. Cool, Steel Harbor, great fucking place. Yeah. Take your children there. And he's just going around doing retinal scans on people who I guess is just false IDs. And so they're just randomly resting. And then the Pam and the chief talk. And then she goes like, look, they talk casually. It's like, all right, meet me in my office. So they go up to have a conversation in her office. So Pam was wearing a nightgown. Then she has the whole scene where she has to go change behind this thing, you know? Oh, so yeah. we can kind of see a shadow figure of that, oh, Pam is in the nude, because we need to make this movie hot and sexy. We need more nudity so people will go see it. Yes! Sure! So yeah, whatever. Also, Her and the chief are talking. Yeah. And then, yes, she changes because you know sex appeal, and he's looking for someone that, like, killed some police customs. And he's like, oh, okay. That's actually being played into the plot. So I guess... And then there's dialogue, exposition, where I guess she fought in the Civil War. Okay, cool. We see Agro dude tries to get it... Yeah, this is fucking weird. Because, like, they have their conversation. Now it's the next day. Some Mm -hmm. fucking random sweaty Agro dude rolls up into the bar and he goes like, Hey, can I get a drink? And, like, Pam comes out. We're not open. And he's like, I don't care, babe. Or whatever. You know, yeah. just that shit. And then freaking he's like, I want a drink. And then Pam sends her fucking Rottweiler to go bite his dick. Yeah. And then she commands her dog while like chomping on his dick to fucking escort him out of the fucking What'd bar. What she call it? She was like, I, I, I forgot the dog's name, but I keep wanting to call him Chopper from fucking GTA 5. It basically looked like fucking Chopper. But yeah, so she's so basically like Chopper package check. <laughs> So yeah, fucking they like so she says Chopper to pack his check this fool. I remember the dialogue. Yeah, she's like, and then she's like, sit, and then she looks at me and goes, want to see him roll over? No, 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 ma'am, no, no, no. <laughs> and she's like, Chopper outside. <laughs> and yeah. So now we see the chief now wearing a nice suit. That was literally it. There was no yeah. purpose just to go. Oh hey, what's happening? Well, yeah, there was no purpose to that scene. What the fuck? Yeah. Fucking what the fuck indeed. Yeah, we see the chief in the suit, and then, well, we meet the congressional peeps, i.e. the bad guy. Yeah. And, of course, they look like fucking Nazis. This is the second movie in less than a month where we've had Nazi imagery. For fucking real. Huh. So, I just wrote down, chief is back in a suit. Yeah. Well, the congressional peeps roll up. Of course, Nazi attire. The antagonist berates the chief. 
The chief tries to, you know, say something, but then he's just like, you know, talking shit to him for whatever reason. Yeah. Just berates him. We see the DJ put in a CD. Then Pam meets the then Pam meets the bad guy. Yeah. Like the congressionals ask her to come and talk to them. Bad guy wants Pam to hunt down an escaped scientist that's shown her pictures and goes like, hey, we hear you're pretty good at your job. And Pam's like, I don't pick sides. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she says that like at least one more time throughout the movie. One more time. She says it all the fucking time. Well, well one that I specifically hey, remember. can you help us? Sorry. I don't pick sides. Well, fuck, I know I'm doing it. I don't pick sides. I don't pick sides. I don't pick sides. No, she wasn't. I swear she wasn't just whispering. I'll pull up a fucking scene on YouTube. Whatever. And then we see the bald waiter who comes up and he says something to her that pulls her away because he can see, hey, she doesn't want to talk to these fucking like these freaking Nazi looking congressional fucks. Now we see fucking Django Fett roll up into the club. Alex Hood. That's yeah. his name. Alex Hood. Wait, the character's name? Yeah, the character's name's Alex Hood. Yeah, I'm not calling him that. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. Django Fett rolls up into the club. He sees the congressionals. Well, him and this him and this lady. And then he like goes freaking. Hold it. I'm trying to see what my note. Dude, this is how fucked up my notes are. Boba rolls up in the club. They see the congressionals. He talks to ladies, man. He, oh yeah, he talks to the blind guy, which then I guess he fought in the war too. In the war too, because he goes, yeah, I digged a foxtrot hole to avoid a smart bomb. I didn't dig deep enough. I'm now blind. And he goes, yeah, Pam's not gonna be stoked to see you. Pam sees Django. Pam goes and punches. J Pam and Django walk up to each other. Pam punches Django. He asks her if she knows where <laughs> she can find. He asks her if she. He asks her if she can help him find someone. She is being sassy. She says, "Get out my, get out my club." No, I found a scene of her talking. Hold on. Oh yeah. Yeah, see, that's not what you're doing. You're doing like, I hear Paris is nice this time of year. No, it's, I hear Paris is nice this time of year. Oh, no. See, it's different. <laughs> is it now? It's different. Sure, you just like up the notch one. You just upped it one notch. <laughs> yeah, I went from In like volume. one. I went from one. I went from one to five. No, you went from one to two. Also, I was on Clint Howard's Wikipedia page for a minute. This dude's been in three different Star Trek shows. Andy Griffith, Gunsmoke. And uh, and that weird uh, freaking like Total Recall TV show, Total Recall 2070. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wasn't he in Total Recall? He, I don't remember seeing that. Also, he was in a couple episodes of Arrested Development and My Name is Earl and Heroes and Workaholics. He's fucking everywhere. Clint he, Howard. Key and Peele episode. Bro. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you know. Oh, he was in a couple episodes of Happy Days. Shit. <laughs> this dude. This might be the best actor in Hollywood. He's fucking everywhere. Okay. Fuck, he was on Red Skeleton's TV show in 1970. Damn. Okay, okay those are the only ones I really know of. Okay, keep going. Whatever. Okay. Pam punches Django Fett. <laughs> he asks. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's <laughs> Okay, keep going. He asks her if she knows where 
to find someone, but right. she's being sassy yeah. and asking him to just leave. Congressionals and Aquaman's dad bounces out. <laughs> Those are my notes. We see the Congressionals leave, and then we see Boba Fett leave. Oh, man. So outside, the first thing the scientist says is, hey, Pam's in love with you, Boba Fett. <laughs> then we cut to Boba Fett. And then Blind Dude tells him, yeah, no, the Blind Dude's outside, and he tells him, hey, I know where you can find the Resistance hideout. Go here. So they go there, and then we see dudes with guns, <laughs> and then we meet a lady that has fucking Kane's voice box. Okay, yeah, what was this? This was, and I think they recorded this later because I swear her voice did not match her mouth movements. Yeah, whatever. She's got some fucking voice box, like fucking Kane. Fuck it. I forgot about Kane's voice. I forgot about Kane's voice. There's some lady that had this kind of voice. Whatever. I only got was like Ned, like Ned from South Park. Yeah. So friggin' they need to find someone that can help them get out of, get to Canada. Because that's right. United she States keeps, is yeah. fucking under a fascist regime. That's part of the reason why she keeps taking bounties is because she, if you notice, she asks for all her money in Canadian. She's saving up to blow Canadian the joint. Canadian dollars. Yeah. She's like, I want a million dollars. Okay. Canadian. Canadian. So we see congressionals roll up to this bail bond spot, just fucking shoot everyone down. And that dude that fucking got that Pam was like barter that Pam got as a bounty earlier, you know, that like I thought he meant nothing. It's like, oh, she's just there to collect, try to get this dude so she can get money to actually pay her fucking employees. No, he's actually important to the plot, I guess. Then we see Pam is day drinking. And then the blind dude says, hey, what's up? And then we see a flashback of Django Fett not making it to the EVAC. We see this awkward looking Pamela Anderson in a soldier's uniform and the blind dude. And she goes, where's, where's Aquaman's dad? (laughs) Ow, my fucking mic's caught on my shirt. I hate this. I hate this. That's almost funnier than Jago. He's Jago Fett's dad. He's Jago Fett, and he's also Aquaman's dad, and she's from Baywatch. This is the best crossover movie. Fuck Kingdom Hearts, bro. Oh my god. Oh shit. Okay. I want Kingdom Hearts to have a barbed wire world. Okay. She asked, where the fuck is like Aquaman's dad? But they literally said, oh no, he can't make the evac. We have to leave. Yeah. Oh no, my honey boo. He is dead. The bounty lad, the fucking Clint Howard. Yeah. He rolls up because I guess the congressionals are hunting him down. Yeah. Well, we could piece that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie doesn't really. And then he like shows Pamela Anderson. Yeah, they're hunting me down. Can you help me leave? And it's like, I don't pick sides. <laughs> and then he and then she. But he was. I got these special contact lenses that can hide your identity. Fuck, dude, I laughed so matches. hard. Last so hard. One of my buttons popped off. <laughs> it's like the fucking homeboy is like, dude, these contact lenses are important to the plot. Sorry, I'm not gonna help you. Go kick rocks. Because I don't pick sides. I don't pick sides. Because I'm a hard ass. Because I'm edgy and sexy. <laughs> yeah. 
Whatever. Either way, fucking Clint Howard goes to the kitchen and just puts the fucking contact lenses somewhere just to hide them. So, like, the congressional <sighs> dudes won't, if they find him, they won't kill him because he has the contact lenses. But, oh, hey, look, blind dude has super hearing. So he can, so he knows. It's like, oh, hey, this guy hid the contact lenses here. Oh, look at me. Important to the plot. <sighs> So, we get a, mini- a minority to report moment. You ever seen that movie, Tom Cruise? I think so. It was a sci-fi movie where they use people in tubs to predict the future. Oh, future yeah. Crimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, minority report. Kind of like an ambitious movie. I do remember that. Whatever, they're doing that moment with a fucking corpse on this goon, and they search through his memi- memories, which lead him to, oh, hey, look, that's Pam Anderson. Set up a warrant for her arrest. She might be important in us finding the scientists and these contact lenses. Because it's important to the plot. But you know what's not important to the plot? Pam in the tub. No, this is the most important part. I just wrote down Pam in the tub. We get it. She's hot. A fucking bubble bath bra because Aquaman's dad rolls up. And he goes, hey, I need to talk to you. And then she goes, where's Chopper? Why isn't he doing anything? He's like, he's like, I, 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 yeah, but no. Then we see the dog just chills up, and he's just like, I'm good with. He's like, I'm good with women or yeah. some shit. He's like, I'm good with females. I'm good with females. Fe- I'm good with females. Now, now, come on, Bob. We gotta get to the techno union ship. Come on, come on. We get Bob. We need to get to the techno union ship. But the then, five, we have, and we, it's like, no, I hate you. They bicker. Oh, they get scene, into the elevator. This scene is great. And they smash face. This scene is great, actually, because you know why? He tells her. He says. Um, I never would have come back if it wasn't important. And then she says, "I never would have. I never would have signed up for this if I knew you were here." Oh God damn it! Pause. That's the scene. Yeah, it's amazing. Because like once the elevator opens up, we see the scientist is awkwardly watching them. Yeah, and then it prevents them from boning. Yeah, like they're not. She's still fun. naked, by the way. She didn't put on clothes. She yeah, just she, put on a towel. Yeah, and I guess Boba and the scientist are married because he goes, "Oh yeah, hey, this is my wife." <laughs> and I wrote that way, what? I wrote that way, what? You're just smashing face with fucking Pam. This is your wife? And an exposition on, so there's a deadly HIV, su- there's a super HIV virus. There's a deadly virus. There's a deadly virus called Red Ribbon. I'm like, okay. And yeah, they're married because- The Red Ribbon Army, dude. Yeah, whatever. They're married because it helped hide the scientist's identity. Yeah. So at least they can make a little getaway, get away from these congressional assholes. And they ask for help, but you know, what's the fucking lane? I don't pick sides. I don't pick sides. I don't pick sides. Whatever, Pam is reluctant. Then, next scene, a police raid now. Actually, no, it's not a next scene. The police just roll up. There's going to be a raid. And then, oh, hey, look, edgy movie moment. We see Pam's tit, bro. We saw a nip <laughs> on one boob. A single boob, yeah. Single boob nip action, because she has to change. And then roll up, and she goes, what are you doing here? They show her a warrant for arrest. Boba and the scientists get or like go down and they try to get scanned by these congression by the police and the congressionals but the blind lad he's got some fucking sick sci-fi technology that scrambles the machine it's like ah oh, this eye scanner's broken oh well let them out of here like they're important or something <laughs> whatever and then there's like all right we're going to tear apart we're going to tear apart the bar we're here to look for something and we just see fucking Pam's bar just gets ripped apart 
Yeah. And then we just see her <laughs> and the bald dude. Well, we see the bald dude. He's sad. But Pam's acting hard. Like, yeah, this is going to bother her. Break up my bar. I don't care. She's she sad. Cares. She's trying not to hide it, though, because she's a deep character. So after the carnage, blind dude shows Pam the contact lenses. And then she goes, let's bank on them, and then bounce out to Europe. But the blind dude, he goes like, no, I still want to fight the good fight. Pam's like, no. What's the good fight? When did the good fight ever do you get for me? You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. So either way, she takes the con... No, she go mobs into a fucking junkyard, I think. I might have jumped a couple notes. No, I think this is the junkyard. Yeah, so some junkyard, Pam's mobbing on a motorcycle, which I'm going to know in this movie... The motorcycle scenes are kind of sick. No, they're like whoever's riding this bike, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, they, um, you know, let me find out if. uh, So we meet Big Fatso. This is my favorite character in the movie. Dude, he's my favorite character (laughs) movie too. He didn't (laughs) suck. He just rolls up and Pan offers him a gift of donuts. He's a stoked lad. He knows of the lenses. They're like they're like talking where she's like, I have something you might be interested in buying. Oh, you mean those special contact lenses that can hide your identity? Oh, yeah. Also, he showed that fucking Clint Howard's dead. My favorite part of this is when she's like, I've got a proposition. And he goes, and he's like, ooh, tempting. But you know I only like big, fat women. <laughs> so then we see the blind dude who goes to see the resistance peeps. But he's blind and doesn't see that this whole warehouse is just full of slaughtered bodies by the congressionals. I think they show up, maybe. Well, either way, we see just bodies all over the place. Then shot back to Pam. She makes a deal with Big Fatso. It's like, hey, I'll give you the contact lenses if you give me safe passage for a flight and and then like a million dollars. Oh, no, that's a little pricey. I'll do 500,000. How about 750? (sighs) All right, you got a deal. And then we see the blind dudes being tortured by the congressionals. He's being interrogated, but I don't know if he says anything. He is shocked to death and killed off. Yeah. Pam returns to the bar and tells the blind, like, waiter lad, hey, I'm getting out of here. Have this bar. It's yours now. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know how to run a bar. Oh, well, I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. Like, they go down, they go down into the basement. They go to an armored vehicle. This looks like that fucking armored vehicle you see in fucking Day of the Dawn of the Dead or whatever. Oh, fuck, it kind of does, yeah. Or a fucking twisted metal vehicle. Well, it does. it's like some armored fucking box truck. Yeah. And then... Oh, my God, where the fuck am I? Yeah, they go to an armored vehicle, and she wants to know where her freaking, like, where her brother is. The waiter says, oh, he went to, he went to go see Kane Voice Lady. She realizes, oh, damn... She rolls up to the resistance spot and finds all the dead bodies and her brother just hanging off to the side. Yep. Django Fett rolls up (laughs) and he sees sad Pam Anderson. Aquaman's dad asks for Charlie. Like he asks if Pam will help him in the name for Charlie, Pam's character's brother. Lol, we get a Pam montage as she guns up. You know, loading up weapons, putting like freaking bullet on belts. The, yeah, putting on the outfit, putting on the swag. Just a fucking like freaking loading up. What would be a fucking term for that montage? Uh, I, I always, don't they call it like the suiting up? Yeah, a suit up montage. 
and they get in their twisted metal they get the twisted metal vehicle going because this thing's all armored out and has weapons i'm like dude this is a twisted metal vehicle twisted metal pretty awesome game series though not gonna lie Oh, yeah, it's great. I haven't played Twisted Metal in a long time, but I remember liking it as a kid. So now we go to the tool booth and we see Big Fatso. And when they like do the exchange, he only has a debit card. And she goes, I want to cash. And he goes, hey, this is the best I could do on a short on a short notice. All right. Sorry. But either way, your money is here. But it's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, no. Star Wars. So yeah, they do the exchange. It's a trap. And I wrote down, oh, who could have seen this coming? Fatso is gloating that he gets a fat payday. He gets to turn them to the congressionals. He has $750,000 on a, on a fucking debit card. Mm-hmm. He's also getting, he's going to sell off the lenses for like $2 million. He's all gloating, lol. I'm getting mad bank. And then the bad guy, the the bad guy, the congressional is all stoked that, hey, I got the scientist now. Now I can fucking prevent you from freaking helping cure our super deadly HIV virus. But then the police chief, like, then the congressional makes the police chief arrest these people, like handcuffs them. But he fakes handcuffs them and gives Pam a grenade. A single grenade. Which I, like, shared in a chat scene where I wrote down... Not going to lie, the shit was kind of fucking hilarious because she like pulls out the grenade and then you got the police chief. Oh, my God. She got a grenade. She's got a grenade. And I wrote out because he said it's so wooden. I was howling. (laughs) I was fucking howling. And then we get a bunch of explosions. That's so what she does is she throws the grenade. It bounces off a thing, off a thing, rolls off a thing, lands right in the big fat. So there's a zoom in cut of him going like just looking shocked. And then he blows up. And I was like, damn it. And then Pam just like freaking they like I think they run into their twisted metal vehicle. Pam bounces out on her motorcycle. I was like, all right, guys, you guys go have fun. I'm going to go do something. Yeah. Bunch of fucking random explosions. It's a fucking Michael Bay movie right now. And they fucking, cr- and like they're about <laughs> to go crash through a bus, but it's like, oh, hey, this is an emergency. Hey, pull that lever. The lever shoots missiles. It blows up the bus, but they accidentally clipped something and they flipped over and crashed the twisted metal vehicle. <laughs> but oh no, the bad guys also crash behind them and blo- and their vehicle blows up. Yeah. Because bad guy vehicle. We see the motorcycle mobbing and... I just wrote down the motor, the motorcycle mobbing in this movie is pretty sick. Yes. Now we're down to a final fight. At first, I wrote down final fight. Pam guns down Nazis. But then I like realized she guns down a Nazi. Yeah. That's literally it. And then we see peeps are running towards the airport or just running through shit. I don't know. Fucking Boba Fett runs back. But then it's chased down and is having a pretty sick gunfight while climbing stairs up this crane. Yeah, this was like actually a really well shot part of the movie. Yeah, I'm like, damn, this movie's kind of sucked ass so far, but this scene here is kind of <laughs> pretty good. And then we just see Pam, just Pam Anderson Lee just missing straight all the action. Because I guess we see her mom on a bike or whatever. But then we see like she like stops for a moment. And then the fucking main bad guy like freaking pops out through a wall with a forklift. And freaking like traps her between a car because her foot's stuck between her motorcycle and the forklift. 
And then he just like lifts up the forklift and is laughing manically and just driving around going ha 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 doing donuts in a forklift while Pam Anderson's <laughs> stuck in the between in this shit. You want know something funny about this scene right here? This movie company also had a chance to produce the Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie, but they passed on it and coinc over this movie because they thought barbed wire would make them more money. <laughs> but coincidentally. The Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie also featured someone trying to kill someone in a forklift. Isn't that neat? So either way, Django Fett, Django Fett's fighting on top of a crane. And like, this is a pretty like compelling fight. I'm like, dude, there's like two dudes fighting on top high above the air in this like crane yeah, structure. I'm not sure how they have that rigged up. But, but either way, he fucking like is able to knock to do all, knock off this Nazi off to his death. So Aquaman's dad, and I just wrote down Aquaman's dad is literally having the best action scenes. Yeah, he might be the best best person in this whole movie. Oh, I'd Let's say be so. Real. I'd say so. And it's not just because he's Jangle Fett and Aquaman's dad. So either way, Boba Fett then operates the crane because then he uses it to go pick up the forklift to save Pam as she's being harassed by the bad guy. But either way, Pam's able to like get unstuck from her bicycle, and then she's having a full on fist fight with the bad guy. They like she's able to climb up to the top of this like where the crane's hooked onto the forklift while the bad guy's like right behind her. And then she just like freaking like they like, you know, exchange of wit and it, some line of dialogue. The dude calls her babe and then we get her going, don't call me babe. And it freaking like unhinges the freaking hook and like the dude falls down to an explosive death. Yeah, he has a weird line of dialogue too where he's like, eh, this is like my favorite song. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Ha 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 ha. Don't call me babe. Don't call me babe. And the thing is, is that like there was no gas leaking. Nothing got set on fire. But I, so I thought, okay, well, this we is have just a car, crash. a motorcycle and a forklift and a dude all falling down at once and yeah. explosive death because Steel Harbor movie logic. <laughs> <laughs> so now at the airport, we see the police chief and the scientists and they're sitting there like, oh, hey, where's Django Fett and Pam? Pam yeah. Anderson. I thought there'd be much tense, but they just arrive. Yeah, they just show later. up. Yeah. And like they have the contact lenses. They give it to they give it to the scientist. She puts them on. She goes up to the scanners. It works. Yay. So then we see Aquaman's dad saying bye to Pam because he has to transport the scientists to Canada to prevent a deadly HIV virus that was only mentioned like two times. Yeah. In this whole movie. I didn't even remember it was HIV till you said so. That's what I got. <laughs> but then we see Pam and the fucking police chief. They're bantering. It's like, all right, hey, Barb, what are you going to do now? She shows the debit card. I hear Paris is nice this time of year. And then she walks off and the chief says, oh, I think I'm falling in love. And then Pam says, get in line. Pew, 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 pew. Method of mayhem. Methods of mayhem song. Or whatever. Ugh. It was a method of mayhem. Song. Oh, my God. This movie was a mouthful. This probably sounds like a good time to point this out. This movie apparently was heavy and heavily inspired by Casablanca. Was it? Wait, what? Oh, yeah. That's what I heard. How? I, I, I guess I haven't seen Casablanca in a long ass time, but according to people who've watched it and according to TV tropes, the shit was inspired or at least had a lot of similarities. I have not. Here's the thing to Casablanca. Here's the thing. I have not watched Casablanca. I don't know what the plot of that movie is. Can you summarize the plot of Casablanca to me? Well, I'm trying. Have you to watched that movie? 
I've oh, known of it a long, long, not I've a long, long time. I've known of existence, and I know it's a classic of that golden era of Hollywood cinema, but I haven't watched it. Ooh, what's the plot of Okay, Casablanca? here we go. Here we go. This is coming from GQ.com. Barbed Wire, the terrible Pamela Anderson movie that accidentally... <laughs> well, they're not wrong. This movie was total ass, but... Yeah. So fucking Django Fett was like literally the best fucking character in this whole movie. Like, dude, he had the most compelling fight scenes. I'm trying. I'm try- he like acted like okay. Like Pam was like fucking Steven Seagal level acting, but like yeah. we get it. She's only here to look hot and wear leather skimpy outfits. I don't know. I just I I do see um I there there is this like fuck there is this like. 10 minute video that exists on talking about how barbed wire is a sex up Casablanca remake, but I don't know. That's what, but I've just heard a lot of people say that. And what's the plot to Casablanca other ga- than, Oh, Hey, these lovers, their love can't work out. That's all I know is that fucking ending and the, airplane and the shit scene. at the plane at the end. I don't, there was like, I haven't seen Casablanca in at least 10 years. Okay. I'm just going to wick. I'm just going to pull up the Wikipedia. I just know www.dinofreak.com. D, sorry, dinofgeek.com says, is barbed wire actually an overlooked 90s masterpiece? I don't know. What do you think? No. <laughs> is it one of those so bad it's good movies? Sure. Is it a masterpiece? Sure. No, dude. <sighs> Fucking god damn it. All right. I'm pulling up the wiki. Let's see what this says. All right, Casablanca is a 1942 American romance drama film directed by Michael Kreutz or Kreutz or Kreutz. Curtis? Or is it? Yeah, no, Michael Curtis, starring Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, and Paul Henrein. Filmed and set during World War II, it focuses on an American expert. Expert? What the fuck is that word? X E X P A T R I A T E. What is that? Oh, you're not listening. Cool. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. I What's didn't... that fucking word? What's it? Let me see it. Which one? Expertrate uh... is filmed in a something. Uh, sorry, film said there. Expatriate. 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 Let's just say that. Fuck, you don't even know. All right. Who must choose between his love for a woman or helping her and her husband, a Czech resistance leader, escape from the Vi- the Vichy-controlled city of Casablanca to continue his fight against the Germans? The screenplay. All right. So that's the plot. I just know. So it's the a- roles are reversed, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it says here TV tropes. Did we mention this movie's a whole plot reference to Casablanca? And then underneath it, they copied it so it sucks. The fell the film the film fell victim to this when critics made the connection to Casablanca. And even even Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel mentioned how um um mentioned that apparently the Casablanca references are apparently really overt if you've seen the movie. Well, I have not seen Casablanca, but I've seen movies before where the plot is, hey, the students, hero one or hero B or no side hero is trying to help someone get transport them or trying to friggin, um, what's the fucking word? Escort them away from bad guys, but they must go to main character, but main character is a little reluctant on helping him, helping 
freaking main character B escort this person for the greater good. Yes. So later on, they're convinced to do that. It's kind of a... That story's been done before. I don't know if Casablanca is the first to do it, but... It's not an unheard story plot device. Yeah. It's not an unheard plot device. It's been used numerous amounts of times. Now, I could watch Casablanca, and maybe this movie makes the makes the freaking, I don't know, connects the dots. What? Do we got, like, someone that owns a, an edgy club? There is a club. Who's a fucking a bounty bar. hunter who can't, play their, who can't pay their employees. But then we also got... Oh, fuck. The Congressionals are Nazis. Yeah. And that is a plot to Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. Also, it points out here, yeah, this is what I said, that whole opening wet strip thing. Yeah, Pamela Anderson, it was a nightmare she had in which she was being sprayed with champagne while doing a nasty dance. That Those were her exact words. <laughs> she, was, she, she also kind of felt like the movie would have done better if it wasn't rated R because she had a lot of... Uh, this movie felt so PG-13. There was not much blood. She I don't even know if there's much cursing. The only thing rated R is her cleavage. Because she mentioned she had a lot of teenage fans and they couldn't go see the movie because it was rated R. Oh, boo-hoo. Dude, how was this movie rated R? How? I'm really thinking, except for the nudity, there really wasn't that much blood. There, there was, was only some the blood. One tit. Some gunfights. There I think you could see But dude, who the fuck actually cursed? I don't recall any dialogue anyone cursing. She said, God damn it. I think she said bastard and son of a bitch. Um No, all I got was just lines like, Don't kill me, babe. Dude, fucking Aquaman's dad didn't say any fucking no-no words. No, he did. He said, God damn it. And a few others. Oh, does that fucking dictate a rated, a fucking R rating? Well, I mean, no, but God damn it is actually censored on television. So that's something. But does that dictate an R rating for a movie? This movie's not rated R. This no, is you, not. No, rated. no, if you take out, if you take or out, was this movie too hot and sexy for 1996? No, I told. Well, uh, I, 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 apparently, apparently, I'm not. I don't think they were trying to go for a PG-13 rating in the first place. But again, the film studio was like, "Yo, bro, we need more fucking nudity." For either, buys. Either way, I don't know. If this movie is like fucking any reason for it to. I think this movie is only rated R just to fucking try to make it a draw. Oh, this is an edgy rated R movie. With sex. No, no, fucking wasn't. We just got slight and nudity. violence. We got slight nudity, like just slight sexual fucking slight sexy scenes with Pam Anderson. But that was it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of Casablanca. If the plot of that simple plot read, I was, hey, oppressive fascist government trying to hunt down someone important, but one other person related to resistance is helping them escort, but they need help from someone else that was important in their life in some sense that has strong connections. That's literally mostly it. That's a lot of fucking movies, bro. And the st- Or a lot of stories, a <laughs> lot of cartoons. I have a feeling people have used, if this, is, if this plot device is original to Casablanca, many of fucking entertainment platforms have used this plot device before i can't be the only one that has seen this you i'm sure you have like you i'm sure you felt like you've heard this plot device before oh yeah i mean i again it's like you said i don't think casablanca was the first one to do it i'm aware but 
I mean, they were definitely the most famous. I would say maybe it's the most famous and most used at least on film. It's a it's a it's a fine plot device. There's nothing wrong with it. But fuck, dude, they try to say that this was some fucking hard remake of Casablanca, but made for the '90s and edgy and leather and cleavage. No, <laughs> and guns. So yeah, there's no. lots of guns. I'm gonna say it. Pam Anderson's not a good actress. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I thought she was one of the not worst actresses in this movie. Actor, uh, actor people. Bro, in this she's movie. Steven Seagal did. Let's be real no, here. Steven Seagal whispers and barely moves his mouth. Pam Anderson articulated her lips. But whispers and then barely moved around. And just look hot. Hey, at least she did her own stuff. Oh, wait. Steven Seagal does his own stunts. That's what he says. Yeah, sure. He does his own son sitting in a chair, and then he has to stand up for a second, wrist lock some dude down. This is this is '90s Seagal though. He still did stuff. Oh yeah, '90s Seagal where like fucking he started off where we see he's balding, but then gets hair transplant surgery when he actually gets money. Now is Barbara the worst movie we've seen? No, no, that's Black Rage. Black Rage, and then next was Beyond the Law. Yeah. But I think it might be Those are the only two movies I feel like that have been bad. Well, this movie's kind of bad. Well, like... Okay, I mean like bad and like just straight up bad. Like no redeeming qualities. Not even so bad it's good. Like just straight up bad, 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 bad movies. This is not one of those. Now, this is a big blockbuster movie, I guess, for the fucking mid-90s. It's a triple A. Here's the thing. When I'm watching fucking Pam and Tommy... They kind of mention a lot about fucking barbed wire. It's going to be a huge movie. Obviously, lol. It's been known as a bad movie. Now, is this some bad B movie? No, this is a bad A movie. Yeah. For sure. I felt like this movie did have a budget. Yeah. And, like, there was, like, you know, other, like, actors. I've done shit. I swear the bad guy. I've seen him be bad guy somewhere else before. Not probably. Clint fucking Howard. <laughs> But like that dude, I'm did sure, you know? I'm on, sure that dude's not expensive, but that dude fucking does. That motherfucker's grinding away. Did you know he is still working to this day? I bet. Oh, he is. Did you know he that, was working from the '70s to fucking now? Yeah, that dude fucking grinds. Did you know his? Grinds. Remember how I said yeah, he? Let was, me like let me look up his fucking motherfucking movie list. You remember how I said he was in Andy Griffith in the '70s? He was age two. And also, on top of Ron Howard being his brother. Shit, I was wondering about that. His niece, you know the redhead gal from the new Jurassic Park movies that's opposite Chris Pratt? That's his niece. Wait, 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 what? The redhead from the new Jurassic Park movies. Dude, Homeboy was in Apollo 13. Yeah, that's like his big role. Okay, the Wraith, I don't think people know about Gentle Giant. So he has Austin Powers. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm fucking looking through the shit now. He was in... Was Homeboy in the fucking Jungle Book? The yeah. 67 one? Apparently he had a minor role, but yes. Homeboy was in the motherfucking Jungle Book. Yeah, he has Disney clout. He was in Blood Rain, the Third Reich. <laughs> I don't know that movie, but I was like, literally like, what the fuck? He's in this movie called The Dilemma that has fucking Vince Vaughn and... Freaking Kevin James. He was in Cat in the Hat. I forgot. I, I thought I, yeah. Three from Hell. Little Nicky. Mm-hmm. Tango and Cash. Frost Nixon. Paper, yeah. Backdraft. Leprechaun 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see Leprechaun 2. 
Yeah, see, I'm on a different, like, friggin'. Oh, uh, car. Also, and like I said, he was also in Rob Zombie's uh, first Halloween remake. Yeah, obviously in Austin Powers. Oh, he was in Cinderella, man. Remember, did you ever see Cinderella, man? Fuck. It was a good movie, too. Beethoven's fifth big paw? Some fucking that movie? Dude, motherfucker's in so much shit. Yo, Lords of Salem. He's a, he's a Rob Zombie, homie. Yeah, for Clear, real. Clearly. Oh, he was, that's why he was in the Uwe Bull thing. He was in Blood Rain. You, you just said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do I recognize? Balls Out. I think I've seen that. He and then Solo. I'm, and then I'm sure he's been in like, dude, that motherfucker's been everywhere. Yeah. All right, dude, we've gone like two hours. I think maybe we should wrap up. Unless, do you want oh, me shit. Do you want me to do a hot or not? We can try to One call more Jake. Time. Fucking let me get the shit real he quick. He was in Marcus Welby, MD, that old TV show from the... What the 70s. fuck's Marcus what? And it's one of those old, uh, one of those old just 70s TV shows. 70s had a lot of good sitcoms and dramas on at the time. All right, we'll see if this works. Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. It was on Seinfeld, too. All right. You gonna fucking pick up? Come on. He's on an episode of Mary with Come Children. On. Okay, now he's just letting it ring on purpose. Your call has been forwarded well, to you a know what? voice message. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> How about that? Eat a dick, Jake. All right. No, sorry, listeners. No hot or not. We tried. Yeah. You can't say I didn't try. We did try. I don't know if anyone gives We a gave f- him a window of time, too, to either call us back or pick up our phone call. I don't give a fuck. All right, listeners. Shut up, phone. All right, listeners. This is the Doctor of Danger radio show. Before I do call out, what do we want to do next week? Uh, oh shit! I thought. You well, had we're it. gonna do the classic Who album review. Yeah, and I think we talked about watching Caligula. Yeah. So was that one you wanted to do later, or was that one you want to do just in general? Okay. Also, Let's which continue version? the fucking tip movie? I don't know. Because there's like a fucking version. Because there's a lot of different versions. I'm gonna find a. Version. You can you can research that shit on Wikipedia, but yeah. We're going to try to watch Caligula. Okay. You're going to be on a trip. I don't know when we'll come back, but hopefully it'll be next weekend, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. But either Gear way. Gear up, bro. It's a, long, it's a long movie, no matter what cut. Fuck, I'm going to do it. If it's long, I'm going to bitch about it. <laughs> like how I bitched about this movie. At least we're not watching Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments. Those were like four-hour movies. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. All right, listeners. This was the Doctor that day. This was the Triple D rating. I'm so used to the old way. This is this has been us. This has been us, <laughs> the Triple D Radio Show with their good hosts, James and Edward. Listeners, I hope you have a good one. We'll be back with Caligula. Okay, awesome. Where's Aquaman's dad? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking. Fuck.